Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and always built by our friends at the Barndo Code, the barndominiumcode.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee. We, of course, are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. If you are watching our program, you can see it all. The rye, the bourbon, and the double oak there. In the top right-hand corner of your screen, uh, you can go to the Chief Sports app and find a bottle near you. I have learned some interesting stuff lately. Since we've been talking about it, it's been flying off shelves. And uh, people have tried it and they figured out we weren't lying. It's really good stuff. And um, so we appreciate all of you who've been buying it. And keep doing that. They'll keep making it. Don't worry. Uh, Paris, Kentucky is pretty darn busy this time of the year. JC is off today. We will be joined in a little while by Matt Anderson, uh, who hosts the Late Night Gamecocks show. And then Chris Phillips will be up here in about 15 minutes. But you do get JB and Phil for the full three hours. We will work the day after Halloween. We hope all of you had a happy Halloween last night as well. The trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood uh, got more they know what to do with and the trick-or-treaters in my home are already missing half of that candy because i've snuck it off into my secret safe space phil where the rule is the chocolate dad gets to eat it all first and um whatever's left they can they can they can munch on that like almond joy i'm not a big almond joy guy but the good stuff yeah Yeah, there's plenty plenty of stuff out there that you know i don't like that i'm sure they will eat so yeah, yeah. same thing here yeah <laughs> yeah i opened the bags up uh last night and i was like wow there's the number of like full-size candy bar givers in our neighborhood is starting to increase so i'm like oh okay all right i see y'all yeah <laughs> see yep. y'all out there spending 150 dollars on candy for halloween okay <laughs> <laughs> dude it has gotten so much more expensive than it used to be oh my goodness it's yeah crazy man like, i mean I, I dropped like 50 bucks on you know decent candy uh 
and we had a little bit left over. I don't know. It seemed like traffic was a little lighter yesterday than normal. Might have been because it was a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah. It's um well, I mean, our we our neighborhood is crazy. Uh for like it's like a movie scene crazy. And there's uh there's two haunted houses. Um th- no, there's there's yeah, there's two haunted houses and then there's a like a haunted front yard. Oh wow. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh mm-hmm. like a graveyard uh, type type thing. Yeah, you gotta like wander through, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of wander through it and then like once you get to the end you can get your candy. But then also like there's I know there's so there's there's one there, two, three, four, five, uh, five on our side of the neighborhood, five different uh adult pit stops if you oh you right know. yeah yeah <laughs> and um so you know it, it it does make it fun and, and we do a little Hall- halloween party for all the kids every year so um for somebody who might be i i i, I woke up this morning and realized there was like 20 something texts i didn't respond to yesterday uh so when i got off the air i had i still had work to do i'm so backed up and um and then i just had to quit because we had like 50 people coming over and right. um yeah. so we did all that and in anyways uh <laughs> yeah it um it, it but we make it's a lot of fun so i hope everybody enjoyed halloween uh, beget, believe it or not some of you might not like it but it is true uh now basically begins the holiday season the commercials are already running and um and uh, but i i've i've learned and you will learn on our program because we have such great clients uh it's not a bad thing because if you if you just kind of fall in line and start doing some of your shopping now, you don't get to the middle of December and you're not freaking out. It's you've mm-hmm. done it. It's over. Uh, you know, you, you can even put stuff on layaway or whatever you need to do. At least you you know you don't get to the middle of December and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't get that electric bike down or you know whatever it is. So uh, it's not it's not bad. It's not bad to to begin the holiday season a little earlier and. My daughters and I, they have asked me, we have uh, lights in our back, off of our back porch, like overhead string lights. And they have asked if we could go ahead and, and hang the, the icicles off of those. And I said, well, it's a really cold day, so why not? Why not? Um, no, no Christmas lights up front just yet, but uh, we'll go ahead and hang them in the back, Phil. So we'll start to slip into that holiday mode around here. And we oh, hope yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do it with us as well. Um, speaking of that, if you have downloaded the chief sports app, Bravo, if you haven't, you're behind the times, you need to do it. When you do that on the home page of the chief sports app, you can click the holidays button. When you click that, a lot of our clients that have something to offer this holiday season, you just keep swiping, right? I know some of you know how to swipe, right? I'm sure, uh, keep swiping, right? And you'll see a lot of the products of a lot of our clients, Gamecock Traditions and uh, Rescues and Resin. You're going to hear a lot more about them here pretty soon. And electric bikes, uh, chicken cock, if you want to get somebody a nice bottle of bourbon or something like that. Uh, Perry and those guys over at Britain's. And we, we've got a lot of clients with a lot of neat things. So you can click on those photos. It'll take you to their website, Soup Swing Shop. If you got a baseball player and you want to get them some good virtual lessons with, Mac, uh, with Michael Campbell, uh, all that stuff is in there. We'll continue to update that. You just click on the photos and it'll take you to their their specific websites. You can order this stuff, have it dropped off at your home, whatever you need to do. Um, but um, it is that time. So we're trying to help all of you. 
and uh, and hopefully hopefully that uh, that does that. All right, the text line is open, 803-766-6320, 803-766-6320. Plenty to get into on the Gamecocks today, halfway through the work week. They've got Jacksonville State coming up this weekend, and Carolina's hoping to get back on the winning side of things because they have been on the losing side of things for four straight weeks, and they'd like to get that over with, maybe try to get four of those in a row, uh, beginning with the other Gamecocks. Uh, coming up on uh, at noon on Saturday. Last night, though, Phil, the college football playoff rankings were released for the first time in 2023, and a little bit of a little bit of a surprise there at the top. Buckeyes jumped to one, Georgia to two, Michigan to three, and Florida State at four. Those are your top four. We've been talking about this the last couple of days. How much does it really matter right now? Not a not a ton, but it was interesting to see what the committee would value in their initial rankings. Clearly, they valued uh, the strength of schedule and, you know, pairing that with what type of football team are you. It, it mattered that the Buckeyes had two elite wins against Notre Dame and against Penn State. Washington at five, Oregon at six, Texas at seven, Alabama at eight, Oklahoma at nine, and how about that? Ole Miss in there at 10 phil missouri is in there at 12 so 12 right yeah (laughs) yeah so now you've got this weekend georgia and missouri is a top 12 matchup missouri at 12 georgia at two coming up this weekend if missouri can pull a stunning upset in athens watch out Uh, they have really given them some room to go and they've done the same thing with the Ole Miss Rebels. They've got A&M this weekend. If they can get through that, and then guess what? They go to Georgia next week. Ole Miss has got a real crack at this thing. So uh, it was it was an interesting uh, interesting reveal. Um, anything that I mean, I I guess everything I've mentioned could be a little bit surprising. But what were your thoughts? Was there did you have a real takeaway from it? No, I think you know we were kind of expecting Ohio State at the top. At least I was, just because they had you know played two marquee games. Um, you got to think though, looking at it the way it stands now, uh, Georgia wins out and they should be number one. Period, because there's not anybody else that even blots the schedule. You know, because Georgia now has to play, assuming that they make it to Atlanta. Uh, one, two, three, four, four teams <laughs> in the top 20 of this ranking. So they've got a tough road to hoe. Um, I'm not surprised about Texas over Oklahoma after what happened in Kansas. Uh, I am a little surprised that Southern Cal is in there. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I don't see how that even makes the cut really. <laughs> and then they're in there at number 20. Yeah. That, yeah. Saying, 20. Yeah. 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 There, I mean, it's not like they're highly ranked, but um, I just don't know if, if we've seen enough out of them to say that they're a top 20 team in the country. I mean, I, I might give that to uh, some other deserving bunch. And then the two lane air force thing at the end kind of, I think gives me a little, 
I mean, a, a half smile about it because Air Force undefeated, two lane, one loss team. Um, but it's kind of like they were just, you know, like, ah, we'll just we'll, we'll throw them a bone here in the <laughs> in the I playoff think- rankings at twenty four and twenty five. Well, or so Air Force is interesting. They were they're they're ranked seventeenth by the AP, um, mm-hmm. but then they're in there at twenty five via the college football play. Now, you know they they their best win is against Wyoming. Um, the yeah. Cowboys are five and three, two and two. I mean, obviously, would be better had they beaten uh, Air Force. Um, outside of that, you know they haven't. They hadn't beat anybody, you know, Robert Morris, Sam Houston State, Utah State, San Jose State. is having an okay year, but uh, San Diego State isn't very good this year. Uh, Colorado State isn't very good this year. Uh, they beat Navy as well. Navy's, you know, about what Navy usually is. So they hadn't beat anybody. So I, I kind of agree with you there. I, I thought ranking them, the, the AP guys had them at 17 because they're undefeated. Right. Uh, the college football playoff guys, uh, clear. I mean, you <laughs> look, if you're going to give Ohio State the bump because of their schedule, then obviously you're going to look at the schedule for everybody else. And, you know, Air Force is in there because they're undefeated, but but they, they haven't beaten anybody. Um, yeah, I, I, I mentioned this the last couple of days, Phil, that I thought that the what what followed the top four was going to be most interesting to me. Where are all those one-loss teams? Yeah, and and seeing Alabama in there at eight, uh, right behind Texas, who beat them earlier this year. Uh, Oklahoma is still in the top ten. You know they're they're at number nine, so they got Bedlam this weekend. Oklahoma State has two losses. They're in there at number twenty-two, so you've got a nine-twenty-two matchup playing playing out this weekend in their final game as Big Twelve members. Yeah. Um, you know, Oregon and Washington right next to each other. Yeah, but the but it was it I, I think for for real, it was Ole Miss and Missouri uh being in there at, at ten and twelve. So yeah. um and you know, for the Gamecocks, by the way, so they they played Georgia, who's at number two. Um, they played uh, Missouri, who's now number twelve, and they've played Tennessee, who's ranked number seventeen. So all, all three of those guys are, are programs, you know, just kind of adds to what their strength of schedule has been uh, thus far. So you, you've you got – you have – you have teams with the one-loss teams, you know, that are 7, 8, 9, 10 through 13, basically Louisville, I guess, because Louisville, if they keep winning, they're going to get Florida State in an ACC title game. All of them really have the ability – to win their way in because Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other. Um, you know, Washington. There's a good chance, right, that um, that Washington and Oregon will see each other again. Uh, there's just so much that that can happen from all of this. And um, if you take next year's, uh, I don't know if you thought about this yet, Phil, but if you took next year's formula with this year's rankings. Aside from the top four, and it all ended today, uh, it would be Missouri at Washington, mm-hmm. Penn State at Oregon, Ole Miss at Texas, and Oklahoma at Alabama in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, so some of the interesting matchups. I've, I've been kind of playing around with it with the AP this week, and then 
now we get to actually see what would happen if it were to play out that way. And yeah, you get, you get some teams traveling to places they'd never been <laughs> yep. going to some interesting destinations. And, uh, and uh, I think it's, it's nothing but good for the college game. I mean, those, those first round playoff games that are going to be played on home turfs are going to create so much interest, uh, especially in the early years of this playoff. And I think it'll just keep churning because that bottom seven, eight teams are, I mean, that's where you're going to have the rotation. It's not going to be, you're not going to have the same narrative every year. These same 12 teams always in it. These same 12 teams. It was like, eh, you could probably say the same six teams are getting in, but that bottom six is going to just rotate through. Yeah. yeah. And you, everybody's going to get a shot. You know, everybody that has a program that's, you know, worth anything is going to get a shot. Yep, there's no question, man. Can't wait till that gets here. Five ranked, ranked matchups coming up this weekend now because of the latest college football playoff rankings as well. All right, it's 11-19. It is November, and it feels like it out there. It's cold here in the Palmetto State. Finally, uh, killing off all the no seams, at least in my neck of the woods. We need to step aside for a timeout. Chris Phillips is up next. We do have Matt Anderson joining us in our number two as well hang tight we're built by the barn dominium co and served by chicken cock whiskey inside the gamecocks we'll be right back down here in the south we don't always see eye to eye while our taste in college football teams or what sauce if any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our dixie vodka might be up for debate we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company. 
where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hello, 11.23. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's November. A couple of quick nuggets to pass along to you from uh, Gamecock basketball. Mr. Michael DeBates, hope he's uh, doing well. The SID for Carolina basketball. Uh, freshman forward Colin Murray Boyles is out indefinitely with mono. They just came out and said it. <laughs> the local product from AC Flora is expected to play a big role this year uh, for the Gamecocks, but he's going to be out a while. Uh, with Mono, of course, they will uh, scrimmage Walford, not scrimmage, they'll play Walford tonight in a charity exhibition at Colonial Life Arena. If you are in Columbia, general admin seating is just $10, and you will uh, be seated in the lower bowl. I think they've closed the upper bowl uh, for this exhibition game. But uh, you won't see Colin Murray Boyles in there because they've told us he's got Mono. Uh, also, Jalon Kilgore is a semifinalist for the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award presented by the Maxwell Football Club. The award goes to the most outstanding freshman player in the country. He's one of 14 players named this list. That just goes to tell you how good of a season freshman Jalon Kilgore is having, having for the Gamecocks. This is the sixth time this award has been given out. The previous winners include... Trevor Lawrence, Kenneth Gainwell, Will Anderson, Brock Bowers, and Drake May. Pretty good company there. Chris Phillips joins us now from the Spurs Up Show. What's up, man? JB Phil, what's going on, man? It's been an eventful week. Excited to talk some ball. You know, I'll say it's kind of a shame that, and I understand why they have to do it, but basketball starting right what feels like in the midst of football season, and it's just we're so – you know, we're so ingrained and entrenched with football that it's hard to direct the attention elsewhere. Um, we'll talk about it early next week on our show, give a full season preview, not just for South Carolina, but the entire SEC as well. I think we're going to have Jamie Shaw come on the show and help break some stuff down. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited for Gamecocks basketball, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Lamont Paris and company can surprise some folks. And, and I think they will. You know, I think they were picked around last, last year and 
didn't finish there, and Lamont had some fun with the media. So excited to see what Michi Johnson and B.J. Mack and sort of a retooled roster can do. But uh, also, man, we got the Battle of the Gamecocks on Saturday. So chance to get a win at Willie B, and uh, that should make us all find some joy. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to stay away from that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You real quick though on the basketball uh, front because they do open the season now in five days officially. Officially open the year outside of exhibitions with USC Upstate, and then in nine days they have a nice early year challenge with Va Tech. My understanding of why they feel better. I'm look. I'm not. I'm not making predictions or trying to blow smoke or anything like that. Um, my understanding of all of this is that they feel better about themselves because they have a point guard. Have you heard the same? I have not heard that. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see, man, you know, because last year was all about the, the GG Jackson thing. And I think that, that, that was an interesting experience. You know what I mean? It, it, it worked out well, but at times it got a little bit rocky. I, I just wonder if maybe, you know, how does this team fare after Gigi? Last year almost looked like year zero for me for Lamont Paris. So, I mean, I like what they have at the guard play, the guard spots. I mean, I think they're healthier than last year. I think they're deeper than last year. I think what you saw from Josh Gray in the middle, that big physical presence, I think him coming along is, you know, if he continues that, it's going to help this basketball team tremendously. But you're right, JB. It's a non-conference schedule that, you know, I don't think it's daunting, but it provides some challenges. So we'll, we'll learn a lot about this basketball team early on. Certainly we did last year when they went to the – the Charleston Classic, which felt very forgettable. But, uh, again, I'm I'm optimistic, not for an NCAA tournament run or anything like that. But I think, guys, if you're getting to a point where you're in the conversation of the NIT and you're making a push towards that, I, you know, I think that's a solid season because you've got to be realistic about what South Carolina men's basketball is facing. And, of course, let's not forget the women, who I think are primed for a major, major season. Of course, they've got that Notre Dame game in Paris. I was looking at my schedule, and I was like, why does South Carolina play at 1 o'clock? And then I had to recall and remember that they're – Overseas, so it'll be a fun day of basketball, full day on Monday. But uh, you know, I I think there's reason to be optimistic. I do think this team will be better than last year. What that leads to, we'll see. Did did anybody else catch the uh, kind of the awkward moment on TV last night with L. Duncan from ESPN? Of course, she was on there with my 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 dear friend Debbie Antonelli, who is I, I think just the most brilliant basketball person around. Um, but they were talking with Dawn and, and she was like shocked to see that the ladies scrimmage the highlight, you know, Dawn calls them the highlighter and the, the, you know, why are these guys out here? Well, because they make us better. We've won two national championships because of, did anybody catch that? Did y'all see that? That was strange. I didn't see the convo, but I think it's, I mean, it's genius by Dawn Staley. I mean, obviously you want to practice against the best. And I think if there's an obvious difference in physicality between men and women, it's so going up against them. I mean, it's iron sharpens iron, truly, legitimately the truest form of the phrase. So I, I didn't see the convo, but I mean, I think it's good on Dawn. I think it's smart. I think there's a reason why they've had so much success. And I, I'm excited to watch Dawn Staley's team and program play with a major, major chip on the shoulder this year, because I think, guys, they're being somewhat doubted, slept on a little bit. They're outside the top five, I believe, in the preseason. All the loves on Kim Mulkey and LSU. And I, I, I'm curious what a Dawn Staley revenge tour looks like. I don't know that we've seen that yet. Uh, it's, it's a good point. You know, yeah. they have not been picked to win the league this year. And um, they, they, yeah, she, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. They've, they've never had a revenge tour. They had the build to get there, then they stayed there. And now they've kind of been 
you know, they've got a challenger in the, in the SEC, and it is is LSU. All right, uh, for the first time in the history of college football this weekend, it'll be the Gamecocks and the Gamecocks at Williams-Brice Stadium. It's a noon kick. I know many of you out there are doing what I'm doing, taking your children to their first South Carolina football game. <laughs> sure hope it's a win. Uh, we'll also see a bunch of winners out there, though. 2010 to 2013, the greatest in the history of the program. All of those guys that will be there, Pat DeMarco told us, Phil, what do he say? Over 100 guys have committed uh, to being recognized during halftime on and Saturday. And that, close, that, yeah. yeah, about 100. And, and they're trying to get more. Coach Spurrier will address the crowd. And um, and so we'll, we'll look forward to seeing all that. Um, but the, the guys that will actually be playing in this game are only two and six on the year, Chris. But you know, look, I'm just going to start this conversation like literally every conversation is being started this week. This entire month is winnable. Mm-hmm. And they're they're better than the next two teams they'll play. I can't say that about the last two teams they'll play, but they get them in Williams-Brice Stadium, and neither one of them – I mean, Kentucky, you know, did what Kentucky does. You know, they, they beat a bunch of nobodies early in the year. And then they fall apart. And then that's right where they are. And Clemson is having his, his down of the years they've had, I think, since 2010. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's a slate you look at, JB, very favorably in the sense that it sets up well, too, where it's like, and certainly nobody should be sleeping on Jacksonville State, Rich Rodriguez, the challenge they present. But you kind of, you know, you, you have an opponent where it feels like it should be, again, I want to tread lightly, but should be somewhat of a get-right game, non-conference against a Conference USA opponent, opportunity to go out there and get a win. Then you kind of ramp up a little bit with a Vanderbilt who's having a tough season. Then you ramp up a little bit more with a Kentucky. Then, of course, there's Clemson. So I think this team, I don't put it past this team at all to go 4-0. and I really don't. I think this weekend, guys, whether you win by 28 points, you win by 17, you win by 14 – it's just about going out there and taking care of your business and building some positive momentum. Just having something to feel good about going back into SEC play when Vandy comes to town. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to have the opportunity to do that. Guys, I look at this game a lot, and maybe it's just the way this team is built, the style they play. I, I look at this game a lot like the Georgia State game last year. I don't know if they're quite as good at that or how those two teams will stack up, but it's a team that. They've got a quarterback in Zion Webb that's probably better than that guy that Georgia State fielded, but he's not an elite thrower of the football by any means. They use the running game. They use quarterback run game. They use their running back. He's a tremendous back. Uh, So the passing game shouldn't be too much of a threat. It's going to be, can South Carolina have a successful day stopping the ground game? And then, JB, I I love the post that you put out there about, I mean, the home and road splits. And the competition's been better on the road, I would say, a little bit. But it's crazy how different this offense, how night and day they've been home versus road. What did you say? 16 points per game on the road, 41 points per game at home. And, I mean, Spencer Rattler, you look at his statistics and his splits, I mean, he's been a different quarterback. And, granted, give credit to the competition you play, but it is it is kind of wild how different this team looks at the home turf at the friendly confines of Willie B. So, you know, I, I think getting back to that offensive fireworks, I would like to see some of that aggressiveness carried over from the A&M game on the defensive side. And, I'd like to see Kai Kroger hit a couple bombs, too. That'd be nice just to kind of hush the naysayers on the Kai Kroger stuff. But all in all, guys, bottom line, it's a great chance to get right, to get a W, and to start building some momentum into what you say, JB, is a very, very winnable four-game stretch. And, you know, while this feels like a lost season, going 6-6 six and six and going to some bowl game is a whole heck of a lot better than going 5-7 and seven or 4-8. and eight. It goes without saying. 
look, I, I, I think, okay, it's, it's hard to be the cheerleader for six and six football, no matter who you pull for, mm-hmm. um, unless, you know, you were just like two and 10 or something the year before six and six, you, it's easy to cheer for that. But, but when you, you coach Beamer gets to South, uh, gets to Carolina, uh, after the debacle that was the COVID year in 2010, and he gets them into a bowl game, and they they beat North Carolina in the Mayo Bowl, and then they go last year. They finished the year the way that they did. I mean, he's finished well around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finished the, the season the way they did. I know they got by Notre Dame, but that almost seemed like an afterthought. You know, it was like, oh well, that's right. They finished eight and five and <laughs> beat Clemson, and then you know they had the shocker of the year in the Tennessee game. Um, and so when you, when you turn around and, and you're two and six after eight games, it's, yeah, you're, you're in the dumps a little bit, but in saying all of that, that there would, if you're six and six, let's just, just, you know, hold on. Hold, there's a lot that would go into that record. Yeah. You'd have losses against North Carolina that you can't take back. You got a bro- broken hearted loss against Florida. You can't get back out of there. You'd also have your second in a row over the Tigers. You'd also have your three in the last third in the last five against Kentucky. You've kind of gotten that thing turned around. Two in a row against the Wildcats, three out of five. You know, and you also would be back in a bowl game. So you you survived. You know, it's like making par, Chris. Like you gotta you got a 30 foot putt. You gotta you you get it in there and you you exhale as you walk off the green, you know? Whew. Or bogey. God, at least it wasn't a double. Sweet Jesus. It's like that exhale type feeling. If they can get there, I think they can get there. And I think that the staff, based on what I'm kind of read, reading and understanding what I'm hearing, they they want to get all these guys who are banged up questionable. They want to get them out there as fast as they can. But like also, they really want to have them healthy before the last two weekends of the year. I think that's the focus. Get through these next two. Get the wins. They are capable of doing that. And then try to be as healthy as possible before the Wildcats walk in. And JB, to your point, to expand on that, if this season were a golf hole, we're playing a par five where we duck hooked the drive in the woods, had to drop for a lost ball, hit one up, short-sided ourselves, chipped up, chipped long. Like you mentioned, we got a 30-footer for par, but boy, if you can sink it, it's not a math class, or it's not an art class, it's a math class. All, All that matters is the end result. So to your point, not just even winning four in a row, you could win five in a row. You could win a bowl game. And you know, going to bowl games and winning bowl games, as much as some people may not want to hear, like that's still a big deal at South Carolina. That's still a pretty nice thing. It's always nice when you can add a trophy, right? The trophy case. If you could go to a bowl game and and you get healthier and you beat somebody, like that's a positive way to end your season. And I, I said it when Shane Beamer was hired too, guys, when you really were realistic about the the rebuild, if you will, from the end of the Muschamp era to what he took over. You know, in the first five years, as long as Shane Beamer's making bowl games, I think you're keeping and generating enough positive momentum to stack recruiting classes and now go into the portal and convince guys, hey, we're only a piece or two away. You could be that guy. And again, I'm not trying to put some positive spin and justify that this season's been good enough or that six and six people should throw a parade. I absolutely don't agree with that. But there is just such a huge difference. I mean, you think about it, guys, momentum's such a fickle mistress. You go into the offseason winning four in a row to close out the season. Like you mentioned, you beat Clemson back-to-back, which I don't care if you win one game or 12. That's going to make people feel really good around here. It is just such a different vibe, to your point. There's such a different spin on the season. It's not that 
It's not that disaster that like a four and eight finish or even five and seven would be, even though it's just one game, it's it's a it's a big difference. So, you know, JB to the point, what you hope is is that even in a season like this, where it feels like everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, injuries everywhere, the offensive line's been depleted. If you can still salvage mm-hmm. bowl eligibility, maybe you're able to find some positives in that and carry forward. And obviously there'll be pressure next year to show progress, which there should be. This is University of South Carolina. It's SEC football. There's pressure on everybody. So, But I, I think it'll be much easier to manage that pressure and, and springboard into a positive season and bounce back if you're able, obviously, to close out real off four straight wins. And who knows? Maybe you'll win a bowl game, guys. Like I said, I mean, there, there's – you tell me right now South Carolina win five in a row, I'd, I'd take that heartbeat and oh. it would salvage what's been a really tough season otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, as JC says, get to the Gasparilla. I saw some <laughs> things defensively last weekend that were encouraging early, showing some different looks. Uh, you know, they've just had a really difficult time getting to the quarterback this year, and that that has to improve. Uh, but maybe 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 they're on the right track there uh, on offense. And and I do want to ask you something quick here in just a second about the college football playoff. I, I want to bring something to everybody's attention on offense. A couple of things here, Chris. I mentioned this yesterday. Um, right now, uh, Mario uh, Anderson has this. This kid is this kid is so cool. He's so cool. Uh, what a what a just a he's a cool kid, man. Um, Ninety two carries for four hundred sixty six yards last year. The entire year, all year, uh, you had Marshawn Lloyd, even though he had some bang ups, with one hundred and eleven carries for uh, for for five hundred and sixty six yards. Mario has ninety two for four sixty eight. So he's 98 yards away from Marshawn Lloyd, and he has toted the rock 19 less times. So 19 carries this weekend for 98 yards for Mario Anderson. And in, I think, three less games, he surpasses Marshawn Lloyd all of last year. Number one, your, your quick thoughts on that. Uh, just a, a a kid who was kind of written off by a lot of people who didn't know who he was. Why is he here from Newberry? I think there's a – there's a lot of football teams out there that would really enjoy having a Mario Anderson right now. Look what he's doing. 11 linemen who've been banged up at some point in time this year. I mean, and the guy just – he doesn't stop running. If you hit him, you better hit him again because he ain't going down. Yeah, JB, you can't say enough good things about Mario Anderson and what he's done because you compare the stats to what Marshawn Lloyd did. I mean, that offensive line last year was – I don't know if it's a hot take, but I think they were significantly better. They were at least significantly healthier, if anything else. Uh, What Marbio's done behind shoddy blocking, and he reminds me, guys, of one of my favorite Gamecocks of all time and Corey Boyd. And Corey Boyd once told me my running philosophy, Chris, was when all else fails, be the hammer, not the nail. Gain yardage and don't lose yardage. You can do all that juking and jiving. With all, all else fails, be the hammer and not the nail. Mario Anderson runs the football like he's the hammer, and he knows he's the hammer, and he's going to punish whoever's in front of him. And I respect the hell out of that. And we talked about it all preseason, early season, that for this Gamecocks offense, it's not about having a thousand yard ball carrier. It's just having enough of a threat or a semblance of balance to where they've got to respect the running game, to where Spencer Rattler can operate. And Mario Anderson has done that and then some guys. So. Uh, it's fun to watch 24 tote the rock. It really is. Uh, the way he's emerged is incredible. I mean, again, he runs with that chip on his shoulder. He runs with a bad attitude, which is a great compliment for a running back. And, uh, you know, certainly hope he comes back next year because from my understanding, he has another year yep. of eligibility. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's been the answer that Gamecock Nation was looking for at the running back position. And uh, 
I would expect him to have a really, really strong finish of the season. If the Gamecocks do rattle off four or five consecutive wins, I think 24 is going to have a lot to do with it. He has to. They, they can't win without him. They, they Yeah, Rattler, the, the key to this, we went over this yesterday, the, the formula here is don't throw it under 30 times a game and run the football. I'm not saying that it's a video game where it's like, oh, I'm at 29, we can't throw it anymore. That's not what I'm getting at here. It, it, what I'm saying is, your offense, this offense is working if Rattler's thrown it about 25, 27 times a game. Mm-hmm. It's working. That That's what they want. They're scoring points. They're moving the ball. They're probably winning the game. Uh, mm-hmm. The stats prove it. Uh, when they, he throws for 30 or more and going back to the last 10 games, they're like two and eight. It's not mm-hmm. good. Um, so, you know, they've got to, uh, they've got to, they got to be able to run the football. Well, typically, Jay, to your point, you're getting desperate in those situations when you're throwing 30, 35, 40 times. You're throwing right. that much because you're, you're down. down 14 points, 17. You got to get back in a ball game. So, yeah, I mean, it goes without saying when you can control a football game and you do so through running game and stopping the run, good things tend to happen. Uh, also, on the injury front, uh, this is the dream scenario for Gamecock football on the offensive side. Vershawn, he, Vershawn's close. Um, Vershawn Lee, get him healthy. And if you can get a guy named Juice healthy before the Kentucky game and you look out and go, wait a second here, we got Xavier. Yeah, Juice Wells. Oh, okay. Yeah, Super Mario, such an easy nickname. All right, um, quick observation. We'll let you run. The college football playoff rankings out last night. Essentially, they mean nothing, Chris. But fast forwarding to next year (laughs) at this point in time, it would mean that the SEC has half of the field. And we talk about this a lot around here with the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan, um, that the SEC is, is <laughs> you know, this is good for college football. It, it gives everybody really an opportunity to, to get in there and do something special. Um, you could make the argument that the team who'd be the most disappointed this week and next, if it was next year, would be Air Force because they're like, oh, we're 8 no, we got to, you know, hey, hello, we'd like to get into the top 12. But the SEC be going, mm-hmm, yep, we got 6 or 12 in there. You know, by the end of the year, it might have 7 or 8. What do you think about that? To your point, JB, the college football playoff rankings right now are kind of like whose line is it anyway, where the game is made up and the points don't matter anyway. So that, that's kind of where we are, right? It doesn't really mean anything except for a talking point, which we all love. But, you know, those that are looking for – they have SEC fatigue and they're looking for relief. They're not. They're not going to find it in the expanded playoff. I don't think so. And then it's fair because that's where the fo- best football is played. Like, let's not kid ourselves, right? It's the SEC. It's the Big Ten. It's maybe a team or two from the ACC, and then who else? Who else? So, I mean, I think it's fair. I think it's justified. I, I think Ohio State being ahead of Georgia. I think Kirby Smart is just loving this, man. I think he's loving every second. Keep doubting us. You're giving me something to fuel my team with not that they need it but anytime a coach can use something like that I think the Michigan stuff guys is fascinating what happens with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and this Connor Stallions thing and if they win the title this year is it gonna count I I mean just like it's a a wild scenario but I mean I I love the 12 team playoff guys I love the expanded playoff in the sense of getting more quality football games in the postseason I love the expanded playoff selfishly from the Gamecock perspective. I mean, listen, making a four-team playoff really, really difficult. Winning the SEC, really difficult. Winning 10 games and getting to the 12-team playoff, that feels achievable. Like, that feels mm-hmm. very doable. So, at least much more doable, right? Especially in an SEC that's expanding. There's going to be no more divisions. Now you got to kind of leapfrog everybody to get to the top. So, I-, I think from the Gamecock perspective, all of a sudden the door has slightly opened a little. 
I think realistically, you look at your roster, you look at the portal, and you you, you look at your schedule, and it's going to be difficult. But you you like your chances to possibly get to a ten and two, or maybe even you have a eleven and one season and make a twelve team playoff. So it's uh, it, it's really fun to look at this year's field and kind of see how it would stack up. But to your point, JB, right now it doesn't mean a lot other than a talking point. But uh, I'd still probably say even with that expanded field, the top four is probably right. And I had Georgia and Ohio State my national title, so we're looking pretty much on 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 path for that as it would sit right now i will say too five of the uh again next year five of the top 12 would also be from the big 10 so you'd essentially have the sec big 10 challenge when the college football playoff <laughs> rolls around florida state florida state be going well i you know we, we, we'd like to be a part of this uh but uh, the rest of them no bueno what you got on the show today so we're breaking down the game and locking in predictions. And I'll go ahead and tell you guys, I, I do think South Carolina is going to win this football game. I do think it's a double-digit victory. I don't know if it's the 49-6 to shellacking feel-good game that many would hope for. Uh, I don't even know if it gets to a point. You know, I know a lot of people want to see the backups, Lenoris Sellers, get in there and get experience. But, guys, I, I think you need your starters to gain confidence. Like, this is a huge game for generating momentum generating confidence. I mean, many of us don't remember what it feels like to win a football game. It feels like it's been so long ago. So this might be one you kind of ride it out with Rattler and company and, and get him feeling really good again and get Mario feeling good. Not that he isn't already, but you know what I mean? Just get the overall morale of the football team high. And, you know, I, I think there will be some anxious moments. I think JSU is a really good football team. I could see their running game presenting somewhat of an issue, but if South Carolina can key in on that, I don't know that JSU, I don't think they've got the passing game to exploit the South Carolina secondary. It could be a, ba- a bounce-back game for them. So I-, I think the Gamecocks will get the W by double digits. Again, I don't know if it's the 45-point victory we all like to see, but I-, I think it will be a successful weekend in Columbia. So we'll talk about all that and much more. And uh, like I said, man, looking forward to the game on Saturday. I hope it is a double-digit <laughs> <laughs> I hope your prediction is right. If it's not, um, we're all probably canceled. We're having interesting right. conversations next week, no doubt. I don't think those are conversations. I think those are uh, more than that. Chris, have a uh, have a great weekend. I know we had to get you in a day early, but uh, glad to have you and have a wonderful weekend. No, I appreciate happy you Halloween. Got... Yeah, ha- happy Halloween. And for those of you that celebrate Christmas right now and put the tree up. I respect it. I have nothing negative to say about you. So, no, guys, I appreciate you being flexible with the schedule and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. So, yes, we'll sir. talk soon. Thank no you. Worries. Thanks, Chris. There you go. 1148. Uh, we do need to step aside for a final break in our number one. Our friends at Gamecock Traditions, they'll get you. You step outside yet? Uh huh. And you're like, yeah, we're going to the game this weekend. Holy blank, it's cold. <laughs> and it's going to be chilly on Saturday morning. And you're probably looking around, not being able to find your Gamecock jacket. You better go to GamecockTraditions.com and get it now. Because this is this happens every year. That first big cold spell hits, Phil. Everybody runs to the store and they go, oh my God, you, you don't have any jackets? Well, I mean, it's 30 degrees outside. They, they, they're they gone. We got more coming. Do it now. I'm telling you. Gamecock they're not going to be here till- you know, after February, yeah. you bringing the kids this weekend. You want to hear them really cry for three <laughs> yeah. hours about how cold they are. You don't want to do that. Gamecocktraditions.com. Hang tight. You're right, Ed. Chicken cock will warm you, warm you up. Sure will. We'll, we'll be right back.
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cole Joel here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. The fighting Gamecocks are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. All right, it's 11.52. It's the final segment of our number one. You probably just saw our friend Mr. Bill Goss and Billy G's Barbecue, one of our partners here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, who wants to party. Black Friday, as a matter of fact, the night before the Tigers come to town to take on the Gamecocks in the Palmetto Bowl, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue invites you to the Palmetto Cocktail. It is the party of the year in Columbia, Forest Acres, to be exact, it starts at 7 o'clock. 
at 4135 Rockbridge Road. It is going to be awesome. Too Much Sylvia, it's a great band if you've never seen them or heard them. Uh, they will be performing. Uh, and for $50, you can come have heavy hors d'oeuvres. If you've never had Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, that's worth $50 in itself. They'll have plenty of that. That's all included. Uh, you've got some drink tickets that are included in that. There will be a cash bar, and uh, there will probably be a bunch of Gamecock chants as well. A portion of the proceeds donated to Camp Cole. If you didn't catch any of that and you're like, it's too much for me to remember, now let me make this very simple. Just pull up the Chief Sports app, and you'll see Party. Just click on it, and you can buy however many tickets you want right there. And we'll see you on Friday. Uh, that Friday night's going to be a busy night because I'm going to have to find a way to get there and to Patrick Davis. Um, but um, that's what Uber is for. It is the night before Clemson and Carolina in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. The Palmetto Cocktail pregame party presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Uh, Michael says Harbor scores three touchdowns this week. Well, that's. I don't know about that, but I, I, I he's got a chance to score. Uh, he's I, I we Phil. We talked about this last week going into the game, um, going into the first game, that um, the first game, going into the last game that I I felt like it was a ball game in which Nick Harbor would probably you'd see a little bit more of him. It just the timing seemed right for how he has progressed. Uh, and um, with Leggett being a little banged up and Marion Brown, it just felt like the time was right. And you did. He did. Uh, I know he dropped one. Um, but outside of that, he made some nice plays. He's starting to figure it out uh, a little yeah. bit. And um, yeah, you can see the light coming on with him. I think it was interesting. So it, it, it felt like Harvard was kind of playing that Xavier Leggett role, right? Like as if the scheme had kind of just put him in that role, kind of assuming that either Leggett was banged up and didn't have a full week of practice, uh, you know, couldn't get in a full week of practice for hurting his, you know, physical state. Um, but that's kind of what I was led to, to think as I was watching it and watched a few more plays uh, on a rewatch. Um, just him being that, like, like, like they just schemed him up to be wide receiver one this weekend. I think, probably because of Leggett's injuries. Not that I have any insight into that <laughs> from inside. It's just that was the feel for it. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I um, I, I, I know there's a lot of people who – so, look, the Harbor thing, and I know we're literally about time to get out of this segment, so we'll come back to it with Matt Anderson – there, there were so many questions being asked about him. You know, why are we not seeing him? Why are we not seeing him? Well, he was so hyped up, and and he should be. I mean, he had so much to be celebrated. It was a major recruiting win for the Gamecocks. All he did was hear about it for days, months, years, really. And, and and you know, when when everything goes into that, without seeing the kid in practice, you, you just immediately think he's going to step on the field and he's going to play. Um, that's not what happens generally. And and it, that's been proven in football forever. So, but you, you can see his progression, and and I think the next progression for him is trying to find ways to get him in one-on-one positions where he can use what he knows how to use better than anything else he he's done, which is his legs and his feet. Just go, and Spencer, get it there. 
Um, you know, uh, go back to the old Coach Spurrier way of doing things. Throw it to a spot and let him go get it. So, um, you know, they've been trying to teach him how to play the position, and, and clearly that has come along nicely here in the last couple of weeks. So probably another weekend in which he's going to get some targets, and they really want to try to get him going and um, and hot before you enter the uh, the tough stretch here in the last couple of weeks of the, the season. Yeah, you're going right. to need everything in the last two games. It's like I just feel like these next two are just ramping up, you know, kind of building – building then you got big conference game big rivalry game with the season on the line yeah six and six uh there'd be a lot in that six and six record there's there's no question we are out of time in hour number one uh matt anderson will join us at the top of hour number two he'll spend the entire hour with us as a matter of fact i see some comments in there about in the nanosports chat box which i wouldn't paying too much attention to it earlier but uh josh simon's name is coming up a lot he's a guy i've been praising for months i agree with all of you i think i'd like to see him get some more touches he's special when the ball is in his hand a new part of our programming leads off the noon hour every day you'll see it here in just a couple of minutes on inside the gamecocks the show hey folks it's jb and as we all know it's football season my favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. 
South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. National Anthem at Noon, brought to you by our friends at Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co., the Barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. That is something we will do every day moving forward. Uh, If you like America like we do, uh, then you get to see America at noon on ITG, and we are very proud to team up with those guys uh, to to do, I think, what is right, especially in the world we're living in now. And we're always glad to have Matt Anderson from the Late Night Gamecock Show, who is swooped in to save the day around here. Matt, what's up? Uh, hey, I don't know what I missed in the first hour. Um, so I hope you guys had a had a good hour of programming. <laughs> Maybe you guys can fill me in the chat box. But, yeah, um, we're no, we had an excellent hour of programming. Stay we always have an excellent Yeah, yeah, yeah. We for sure. show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, um, I was getting fired up with the um America little promo there. I, I looked up and I was like, "This is amazing." Do I miss this every day at twelve? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, love it. Yeah, well, you know, we're always working on things uh, behind the scenes around here. And um, I when I when I when I worked at ESPN, my my afternoon show we used to have um 
the national anthem every day. And so we thought, well, we'll bring that back. So we'll celebrate America. And, um, and then at one o'clock we, we celebrate our great state. We hold my hand from hooting the blowfish. So, uh, it's Bobby, Bobby's been around. I've known Bobby's been calling in or listening to my programs for as long as I've been on the air, Bobby, but almost 10 years. Uh, and, um, and and when I used to be on ESPN down here, we used to talk often. And so he remembers the national anthem at, at noon that we used to run on um, on uh, ESPN as well. So really appreciate that. All right, Matt. Uh, real quick, uh, we'll dip into some hoops. We got you all hour, right? You're here for the entire hour. Is that yep. true? You got me for okay. an hour. All right. All right. Um, turn Matt Anderson. <laughs> yeah, there you go. that's right. That's right. He's just just running errands for us. Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, real quick, we got hoops tonight. Colin Murray Boyles is out uh, for the foreseeable future with Mono, so probably I would say uh, give, it a, give it a month and we'll see what happens from there. Um, but uh, the the Gamecocks are just five days away from tipping off the 23-24 season, nine days away from taking on Virginia Tech, and which is going to be, we've talked about this already, going to be a neat early season matchup. Um, but Lamont uh, this morning actually was talking with our friends over on 107.5 The Game, and he mentioned kind of how he progresses his team through the preseason. It, he's very calculated. Now, I'm not sure if anybody's picked up on on how calculated he is. Um, you know, he goes from the, those inner squads to the uh, closed scrimmage, uh, you know, the, the secret one, and then they go back in inner squad again, and now they do this exhibition and and it really has nothing to do with what the scoreboard says. He's just mixing and matching and trying to figure things out. And there's a lot of coaches I feel like that do that in the in the you know the non like early in the non conference schedule. He's he's a guy who tries to get this figured out three or four weeks prior, and he's probably made some adjustments based off of last year. You know, they, they looked out there two three weeks in. And they're going, Absolutely. yeah, we don't, know, we don't know who we are. I think he's trying to figure out exactly who they are before they tip off next week. And, you know, it's one of those things where you know, even Frank Martin, when he was the head coach of South Carolina, and you kind of want to, at any point when there's a coaching change, you're going to compare and contrast, you know, both style of coaches. And, you know, Frank was a, was big on let's figure it out as we go. I'm still coaching in the preseason. I'm going to yank somebody out. I'm going to send a message. We're going to play basketball the way I want to play. And, I think with what Lamont is doing and the way that you, you described it, and you described it very well, JB, is giving the Gamecocks the opportunity to be their, the best version themselves right away. And looking at you know the schedule coming up, and like you mentioned, Virginia Tech, and you know a little over a week, there's no room for error starting out. And I think Lamont understands that the rigors of the SEC are no time to learn how to be a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned you know how meticulous Lamont is with what he does. And, um, the other, the other day, my wife and I were just going through Disney plus, and we actually started watching air bud and I don't know if you've seen air bud in a while, but one of the things the coach does in the middle of it is he takes the basketball out and just teaches them to pass and move and, and play basketball without a ball and like read the teammates. And you know what Lamont's doing right now, I think is going to be good for Carolina basketball. I can tell you when I went to the Garnet and black madness event, mm-hmm. it looked like a good basketball team. Um, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? So there was a lot of, you know, it's it's a playground type atmosphere. It's for the fans. But I got there about an hour early and, you know, I always like to watch shoot around. I like to watch how the team goes through stretches. I like to see their mentality. And the entire team wasn't goofing off during warmups. 
They were taking game shots. They were preparing the right way. And that's the kind of thing I like to see. And and in the scrimmage itself, um, obviously there was some, you know, stuff just for the fans. But at the end of the day, you actually had guys that looked like they knew what they were doing. I mean, they were spacing. The defense was trying. um, And they put up a lot of points on the board, and they they made a lot of three-pointers, which was a lot of fun to watch. And I think that with South Carolina specifically this year, while the talent level might not be on par with the rest of the SEC, the ability to make shots and look comfortable doing it is the great equalizer in college basketball. And even going back to the summer, you know, looking at their shooting numbers when they went overseas and had their overseas trip, it carried over into the scrimmage. And I think you'll see it carry over into the exhibition tonight. You know, one of the things that I was really the most curious about with this with this program is what they'd look like at the point guard position because ball movement is so critical. You got to hit shots, there's no doubt. You know, but teams, look, you can either shoot or you can't. Uh, you just, you can, you can improve a little bit right guys but at the end of the day you can either shoot or you can't i'm a big believer in that it's kind of like baseball you you can either hit or you can't there's some things we can improve but if you can't hit you can't hit i mean if you can you can't so um you know but but from the point guard position and being able to move the basketball to create those shots you, you look at a lot of every year this is this is not genius work here this is pretty 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 basic stuff Every year, there are all these mid-major teams that we're trying to figure out why, why, why are these guys, why are they good? Why are these mid-major teams beating all these power five teams, whatever? They don't have better talent. Some of, I mean, some of them have equal talent or comparable talent, but they don't have better talent. Well, why is Well, because they're very disciplined. They're very well coached, and that all starts with point position and being able to move the basketball and knock down shots. If you can do that, you can beat teams. I think those are the two things that I'm, I'm really most looking forward to seeing with the Gamecocks, can they move the ball and can they knock down shots? Yeah, and when it comes down to Talon Cooper, um, that was my first time seeing him in person. I didn't, I got to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Minnesota Big Ten games last year. I saw his stats. I watched a couple highlights of him, but I was very impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, for those of you that have not seen him in person yet, he's every bit of 6'4". He's a strong kid. Um, he can get where he wants to on the court, and he has a lot of athleticism as well. And when you talk about the point guard play, and I think point guard play is always critical to any basketball team of any level, having Michi Johnson have to assume that role last year and then having a guy like Cooper come in this year that is a natural point guard that's averaged six six assists a game with probably a Minnesota team that was similar in skill level to South Carolina this year. So he's he has the ability to score, but he also has the ability to put the ball on the ground. He can make the passes, and Michi does as well. Um, and that's set, taking nothing away from Jacoby Wright, who, if you looked at what I put on the big spur about the Garnet and Black Madness, he looked not that far behind. And to have him come off the bench and and not lose much, um, I think that you know Jacoby's a smart player. And you know, going back to what you said about passing, I had a great YMCA coach four or five years old very first thing he taught us was how to shoot he says you're going to learn to dribble you're going to learn to pass you're going to learn to be able to you know run faster jump higher those are things that you can get better at shooting either have or you don't there you see i mean you go back to uh what's the kid's name that plays for the magic now marquise fultz at you know he averaged almost a triple double in college but he couldn't shoot the, the nba tried to reconstruct his jump shot and he's still a 25, 30% shooter. There's just some things you can't learn. And that's what I'm happy about with the Gamecocks and, and having the ability to move the ball. 
Miles Studi is not a ball stopper. Um, and I think a lot of times last year when you watch the Gamecocks, they did have a ball stopper in Gigi Jackson. And there's nothing wrong with Gigi Jackson. Like Gigi Jackson is a great kid. He had some maturing he needed to do. I think that he's going to be a great professional, but it wasn't fair to have to, you know, have the ball stop with Gigi to make something happen. It was either Gigi or Michi last year, right? And that's not going to be the case this year. Um, I think they're 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 well positioned. You know, I I can't sit here and say NCAA tournament or bust or anything like that. But you know, Lamont has learned from Bo Ryan. He's learned from the best, and Bo Ryan didn't always have the best talent out there. Um, often he recruited a lot of two, three, four stars, maybe a five star once in a blue moon. Lamont yeah. knows how to do this. I don't have any question about that. It's just you know. How ready are they? And I think we'll find out a lot tonight. Um, you look at Kentucky's game. Again, they had played against uh, Georgia something. It was an NIA team. They won 90 to 79. You know, I watched that game. Those freshmen were not overmatched, but equally matched in the first 12, 14 minutes of that game. And I think that that's what John Calipari is going to have to learn how to do is get these guys ready. He's, you know, he has a track record of doing it. But for Lamont to do what he's doing right now, long-winded way of getting back to your point jv um i I am excited for you know what's happening right now with carolina there's seven seniors on this team guys this is not a young basketball team by any stretch you know so if somebody tries to tell you that that's just not true and then when you throw in the fact that you got jacoby wright and you've got michi johnson you know that's nine juniors and seniors on this basketball team and, and I, here i'll list them real quick but uh, uh, benjamin bozeman's verdonk stephen clark uh, talon cooper abrima diva uh the uh, josh gray of course who's still i think the biggest person i've ever seen in my entire life he's he's huge michi's a junior bj mack and uh miles uh studi from the uh, transfer from vanderbilt and then jacoby wright so Look, I'm not saying all of those guys are expected to go out there and act like superstars. That's not what we're getting at here. But from a leadership standpoint, dudes who've been around, they've played college basketball, they understand how the world works now. You got nine of them, juniors and seniors on your team. So, like, you can't – that's – you might play some younger guys, and they will. Colin Murray Boyles is one of them. They're going to play some younger guys. But there's always going to be somebody on the floor or somebody's on the floor, uh, Matt, who, who, who know their way around a college basketball court understand the pace of the game and, and all those type things that it's hard to learn when you're a young kid. So, Absolutely. you know, okay. Well think about this though, too. You know, you go through that. Where did Bozeman Verdant come from? Came from the big 10. I think he played right. in Illinois. Where did Michi come from? He came from Ohio state. What's that? Yeah. The big 10. Talon Cooper came from the big 10. Um, you go through the, the transfers, Josh Gray, where was he? He was at LSU. LSU. You, right. you go through that list and it's not players like that. Frank was trying to develop into a great player by their senior year, by their junior year. These are kids that have transferred out. They've, you know, stayed at the power five level. They haven't transferred down to, you know, a lower level of, of, you know, D one basketball and, you know, Lamont needed to get this team together. And I think he has, and look, I'm, I'm just optimistic. I think these kids are good. I mean, I watched them play. I watched them warm up. I'm, SEC is a bear though. Like don't, don't hear, don't hear what I'm saying and say like, Oh, well, Matt Anderson said that South Carolina is going to be, you know, top four in the SEC. Tweet that, that out, Phil. Forward. Tweet that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tweet it out. That, no, out. Like, that makeup. 
So yeah, get that, that out makeup quick. of a team with older players is what I mean. You hear it all the time in the postseason conversations. It was like this team's got older, experienced players. It's got you know good and good guard play. So it was like okay. So right now you're right, Matt. The team, I mean, is going to make it to the Final Four again. I mean, that's it. Period. Hey, did did you did you expect him to make it the Final Four in 2016? You're right. <laughs> I, oh I mean, no, I did. I did. No, I no, only it, you know, and, and you don't have the, the, I mean, and, and, you know, I, I'm happy that Gigi came to the program last year and this will probably be the last thing I say about him quite possibly ever. Um, nothing about him. Just when I mean, we need to move on. Uh, but there's not that cloud over the team this year. Like it just, it seemed like, you know, not him as a person, but just him, the personality, the, the storyline, it was like, it was all that was being talked about. It was all that was in the media. Um, and then, and then towards the end of the year, it was all that, you know, you know, kind of dominated the conversation as well. This is, you just couldn't get what you wanted out of this guy when, I mean, it's not just the one player on the team that is is going to make or break a team's season. So I like the more team-focused, you know, talk heading into this and actually have better expectations this year than I did last year, you know, for how far this team can go in even a tough conference. I, I agree with you. And, you know, like one of the guys that I'm actually really excited about and I thought he was going to be because I was going to redshirt is – um. Morris Yuga Yugasuk. Uh, I'm I'm figuring out the pronunciations, but he he looks to be that kind of guy that you know two years, three years has the ability to be a really good player for the Gamecocks. And the fact that they don't have to count on him this year is a blessing um, for the for the team. And I, yeah. I, I have you know a lot of confidence in um, Austin Hero, Tyler's brother. You know, finding a way to be productive in his time at Carolina. And I don't think the shooting's going anywhere. Um, I think the shooting is here to stay at South Carolina, which is not something we've always been able to say. Yeah, that's true. Does anybody around here want to let the, in the chat box, the Portly Insider, anybody want to let him in on the secret? The SEC <laughs> tournament. They all make the tournament. Yes. <laughs> he, he might he might be talking about not the, not the playing game. <laughs> Maybe no, that's we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. They're still in the tournament, they they, they yeah, all they'll they, make it. That's uh, right. That's anyway, right. Anyway, you might want to let him in to the sixty-five to sixty-eight teams in the big one if they didn't yeah. make the play. Yeah, no, and, oh, oh, yeah, we're there. Yeah. And I'll remind people too. You know, if you're looking at this preseason stuff, especially with this like advanced analytics, there's not enough data to compare South Carolina right now. So when you see them picked, you know, towards the bottom of the SEC that's just a grain of salt right now. Wait six weeks into the season and you'll, you'll have a good feel for who South Carolina is entering sec play. Well said. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think that um, they've got the perfect schedule. Can you win the games? We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. It is uh 12 19 here on inside the Gamecocks, the show electric bikes of Charleston powers our program. You can find them. In the app, the Chief Sports app, you can always find them, you know, up there by Town Center if you're down in the Low Country, or go to the website. But if you go on our app and you click on the holiday button, there's a lot of really good gift ideas. It's never too early. I've tried to explain this earlier, Phil. Uh, although we are still almost four weeks away from Thanksgiving, 
You don't want to get to the middle of December and do what we've all done. Go, oh, no, I hadn't even started my Christmas shopping. You know that JB, that son of a you-know-what, he told me back on November the 1st, go to the app, and now all the stuff sold out. Don't let that happen to you. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. If you want to surprise your wife or your son or your daughter or both or all the above or yourself or your husband with a beautiful bike, they even fold up. Like, you can put them in the back seat up to 28 miles per hour. That's that's faster than some of these people where I live drive, and I'm sick of it. 28 <laughs> on a 45 speed limit, is it, it, it's a, that's enough. Uh, but if you're going to do that, maybe cruise around on an electric bike. Thanks to our dear friends, Michelle uh, Wilkins and her entire staff, team, and family, electricbikescharleston.com. Uh, Matt, we need to step aside for a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere, man. Don't go anywhere. We got you for uh, 40 more minutes, and we're going to get into some Gamecock football when we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Happy holidays. I saw that. I don't know. You keep talking about Christmas here, JB. I know we got to get on it, but you know, I knew it was Christmas the other day. I was watching. What was I watching? Oh, I was going back and forth between um, Monday Night Football and the World Series. And Mm -hmm. I saw a commercial that within two seconds of it coming on, I'm like, this is for a fragrance. (laughs) 
<laughs> what, this is what was it? What brand was it? I don't know, but you could just tell. Like it's got half naked people on there within the first, you know, five seconds of it. It's very dark and kind of shadowy, a little, you know, but, but you know, I don't know, kind of mystical, you know, kind of ethereal music playing in the background, and just within within it, you know, two to five seconds, you can just know this is for a fragrance. <laughs> And then you know, you know oh my God, Christmas is around the corner. <laughs> and and it, it, will, it won't be long until you have the car commercials. I mean, I just wonder who's bought a fragrance. They're based on. on the commercial. Um, I, well, somebody has because they those things aren't cheap. You know, <laughs> like I never. I'm with you. There are that like spots work. You know, they they work. Um, there's a reason why everybody runs them. Um. And like I know ours work because we can't thank our audience enough for supporting the people that do what they do. But I'm I, like I've, I don't know. I've never. I have never personally, and I'm not the target audience either. Yeah. Walked into a store for fragrance or to buy a uh, eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollar Lexus with a bow on it. I hope, I hope the bow comes for free. I hope that's the case. I would hope so. You know, if you did, you, sh- you should be able to request that. I would think. You know, it's like, hey, this is going to be a gift for my wife, and you know, they've they've put bows on these cars now for you know a couple of decades on the commercials, so they should they should supply that for. You. I'm sure they Especially find South it. Carolina thousand dollars when you're buying a you know ninety thousand dollar automobile. <laughs> it needs to come with the snow machine as well for Christmas morning. I mean, yeah. make, it, make it the real deal down here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I've already got my little one out telling me, oh, you know, the only thing I really want for Christmas is for it to snow. I'm like, listen, honey, <laughs> it's just one of those, you know, expectation versus reality kind of things. You know, you you realize we live in the South. I know, I know it doesn't snow a lot, but oh, if only I'm like, oh my goodness, okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, it's happened before. My kids do the same thing. They're convinced yeah. that it just that that's it because they see it in all the movies. It snow. It snows on Christmas. I'm like, well, it does, but <laughs> probably not here. It snowed here on Christmas in my lifetime once. That was in 1989, following Hurricane Hugo. We got uh, eight inches of snow. What a wild couple months there. <laughs> oh, it was. We didn't have electricity for two weeks. Uh, following Hugo, didn't have water, um, didn't have water, didn't have electricity, and I remember every bit of that. And um, and then it got really hot. It was really really hot. And um, and then yeah, Christmas rolled around and we got about eight inches of snow on Christmas. It was pretty crazy. Doesn't seem like that long ago. Uh, it doesn't seem like that long ago. Bobby said I should head up to Maggie for ho- the holidays. Yeah, you're right. I should, man. But our house looks like the North Pole, and it's just hard to get out of here. You know, you put so much work into it. We might go up for a day or two somewhere. But hmm. All right, Matt, uh, the uh, Gamecocks uh, and the Gamecocks this weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium. This is the first time that's ever happened in the history of college football. Our version of the Gamecocks are trying to get back into the grind and get a win. They are going to need to go undefeated as we all well know this month uh, to get to bowl season if they do go undefeated that means they not only beat jacksonville state and vanderbilt it means they also beat kentucky for the second time in a row and that team from the upstate for the second time in a row which would be 
Well, that'd be a nice little trend uh, to, to go. So, um, you know, I just heard a little bit ago Dowell uh, talking about Mario and Super Bowl. We're, we're going to start calling him Super Mario around here. And um, he said, you know, he really learned to play without the ball. And I go back to a conversation I had with Mario directly, him and I specifically, a few months ago, uh, just talking about how he was doing. You know, he, he, I know his high school coach real well. We've got some connections and all these things. And um, just check, talking ball, Matt. And uh, he had mentioned to me that uh, I said, well, where, where, where do you feel like you're a little light? You know, where do you need to figure it out? He said, you know, I'm just trying to learn to play the game. When I, when, it, when the ball's in my hands, I just run, man. I just run. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn the rest of it. And it took a little while, I think, for the light to come on. But, boy, has it. You know, even last weekend, it, did you, either of y'all see the block that he picked up? It was a linebacker who came out of nowhere, and Mario stood his ground and got his little bowling ball feet underneath this dude and basically lifted him up. Yep. Uh, you know, he's just – uh, he's fun. He's fun is what he is. He, he's he's becoming the complete package at running back for South Carolina. I think he had, what, 33, 35 yards receiving last week against A&M, ran for 62. You know, the biggest thing and, and probably what he was trying to talk to you about, JB, is like playing football. And, you know, the reason that he wasn't out there, you know, to start against North Carolina was because of the blitz pickup. It was because he was putting the ball on the ground um, in, in preseason. And you know, he wasn't ready for the coaches to count on him yet. And to carry on, say what you want about his skill level, but the coaches trust him. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of football is trust with that man beside you. And especially for coaches, you know, to be able to put guys to be in position to be successful. But yeah, the, the lights come on for Mario. I, I hope that he, he decides to come back next year. He doesn't have to. Um, I think that he's put enough on tape to, you know, get an invite to, you know, training camp, something like that, maybe a late round draft pick. But yeah, I think that, you know, the game plan that you mentioned last week, JB at Texas A&M was, you know, pound the football, get stuff out quick. And, you know, Mario's adept at that. And when you talk about this upcoming game, this should be a game where the Gamecocks can get the the ball moving on the ground. It should be a game that despite the offensive line, and we're probably going to get some guys back, they should be able to protect Spencer Rattler. And, you know, in my opinion, this game is going to come down to the defense um, for both sides. I think South Carolina, if they can do what they know what they need to do on offense and and complete complete drives. I mean, one of the things, and I have it on a sticky note right here. I'm going to talk about it on my show tomorrow night. Yeah, and I talked about it on Monday. But you had five drives essentially in a row for the Gamecocks that went a combined negative 14 yards in five minutes and 20 seconds of game time, and you look at that. Three plays, negative eight yards, a minute and 36 seconds. Three plays, negative 11 yards, 57 seconds. Four plays, negative four yards, 39 seconds. Three plays, two yards, 53 seconds. They can't do that this weekend and plan to come out with a W. That You can't have five drives in that way that quickly. So um, I think that Mario Anderson is going to be a big part of that. That's yeah, you nailed it. You got it. Um, and, and, I, and I think, too, that they've got to get back to a lot of the quick game, too, Matt. I think if you're going to throw it, you got to get it out of his hands. He's a sitting duck back there. Kentucky and Clemson, records aside, they 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 will get to the quarterback. And teams that get to the quarterback have put Rattler on his rear end time after time, and they've uh, you know they've forced him into freakout mode. Now he's different at home, but 
Um, they got to get the ball out of his hands, Matt. Yeah, and one of the things that I mentioned Monday night, and I'll I'll mention it again tonight or today. I'm so used to doing this at nighttime, y'all. <laughs> but um, today, this right. afternoon, is the fact that I think that a lot of Gamecock fans have gotten distant from the team because of the schedule so far. And I think getting back at williams Bryce Stadium, there's going to be 70,000, 80,000 people at the game Saturday. There's a lot of people that have been waiting to take their kids to a game for you know four weeks, six weeks, however long it's been since we were in williams Bryce. And there's going to be a lot of people there. I think it's going to energize the the, the, the team. I think that the, the team is going to play well at home. They always have, you know, under, under Shane Beamer, for the most part, they played really well at home. And, you know, I saw something funny the other day. It was like Spencer and Lenore's talking on the sideline. And someone of the big Spurs said that Spencer was teaching Lenore's when no one's opened, just throw it over there where there's an empty space. And, <laughs> and that's what he, but it, it's joking, but he's had to do that. And, you know, it's take a sack or take the, take the penalty. I mean, would you rather get hurt or would you rather take the penalty? Because it's going to be a loss either way. So they yeah. got to find a way to protect him. Got to find a way to protect him. You know, down the road, um, you know, the offensive line, there's talent galore incoming, we know. And there's a quarterback seemingly waiting in the wings who will be able to, when that when it all breaks down, he'll step up and run through it. Um, you know, he won't He won't probably try to hang in there. But, I, God, God, you know, you just – I know Spencer's been banged up a little bit this week on on those penalties last week, but this team, uh, I mean, they would be – I don't know what the hell they'd be without him. They, they'd be awful, uh, and it's been pretty awful thus far. Um, Matt, on the defensive side, you know, they showed some different looks last week. That was good to see. You know, Clayton's always brought pressure. It's not really about bringing pressure, but it's gotten a little stale and a little vanilla. And uh, they were able to do some things early in the game last week that that um, allowed them to be in the ball game and and yeah. feel confident uh, from the from the get go. Uh, your your thoughts on that? And you know, will they continue? I don't know that. Well, we don't know the answer to this, but I guess would you like to see them continue to be a little bit more exotic the way that they were? Um, yeah, we saw some work. what we saw some three three five out there. That, that would be too many players, but uh, we saw some exotic looks. To 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 your point, um, I thought that three three five actually would work. But um, yeah, they play eleven on defense. Yeah, eleven on defense. Just like we're going some, to the some teams will try to play tournament. twelve on offense, but you can't do that. And if you're Notre Dame, you try and win with ten. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think that they're going to have to be. I mean, I thought they got after Max Johnson. I thought that that was um, a key that we talked about either last Wednesday or, or some point. We talked about getting after Max Johnson. He he had been sacked 10 times. He had thrown a couple interceptions. Um, I thought the Gamecocks were really close to a couple turnovers this past week. Yeah. Um, obviously, that that one fumble that they were able to hop on could have you know been a turning point in the game. Um, we've talked about turnovers. We talked about it last week. I think the Gamecocks just need to get some momentum on that side of the ball. And with Jacksonville State coming in, the defense needs to continue what they did against Texas A&M. Um, you know, it's not it, – it, it's tough on the defense because on the defense, you know, when you have those less than two-minute drives, <laughs> they're right back out there. And, you know, I think that, you know, getting Jerron Willis in there and he kind of laid some, some hits on Max Johnson, getting an athletic guy out at linebacker, out in space. I think they need to continue to do that. Um, yeah, I think that these are two get right games. I mean, let's just be completely honest about this. This is a new season at this point. Um, what's happened in the past has happened and you got four games to go to a bowl. It's time to nut up or shut up. 
and it all starts with Jacksonville State. And if you can't set the set the tone for what you're going to be on defense against Jacksonville State, you got no shot the rest of the season, like no shot at all. So, yeah, I think that getting creative, getting complex, everything that you mentioned, JB, the Gamecocks have to do. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Each week is going to get a little bit more difficult as well. Um, the other thing that I think has really affected this team is that is is punting. Uh, I mean, last year it won the Clemson game. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that won the Clemson game, but I mean, they had three. Wasn't it three punts down inside the five yard line yep. against the Tigers last year? Now that's a little outside the norm. Okay, like that's not going to happen every week. Duh, we get it. But Kai has. I'm still not totally convinced that there's not something else going on with him. Maybe he had tweaked something at some point in time, and they've just been kind of trying to get something right, but he's the best they've got, so they're going to use him no matter what. Um, not saying that he is hurt. I know everybody challenges me when I say that. I'm just saying it. it's possible. It could have happened. Uh, I know Limbo has mentioned his drops not being consistent. Fine, but, I mean, Kai Kroger's been putting a long time. You know, it, it – yeah, you can brain fart with that. So that's another key to me. I, I think they just got to get him going, uh, Matt, because you just pointed it out just a second ago. Your stat that you're going to talk about tomorrow. You, this team is prone to having some of these disastrous one-minute type drives where they got to turn around and give the ball back. And and if you do have to do that, 35, 40-yard punts, they ain't going to get it done. And it's weird, too, because, I mean, I can count on maybe – one hand, maybe one hand, how many times it looked like Kai was under pressure to get the ball off in time. It's not like he's sitting there like Spencer is, you know, with no time to get the punt and having to rush things. Maybe it's fundamentals. Maybe it's the stuff that Limbo talked about with the drop back, but it's not the Kai Kroger we remember. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to sit here and say that, you know, punting has cost the Gamecock games, but it has. It, it really has, and it's not something that normally does cost a team games long-term. But you go back to that Florida game, you go back to the, the field position that A&M was getting, and you know, there's a point, and every offensive coordinator talks about this, you do have drives and series scripted from where you start from a field position standpoint. And if you can't, you know, and the defense has it too. You know, if they're 75 yards out, we have an idea of the tendency of this offensive coordinator. But when you that, when that field shrinks there are more plays that are open to them and there's crossing routes there's short stuff i mean they're gonna you know you can dink and dunk the gamecocks have got to find a way to make opponents go long distances to to get points and it all starts this week i think gamecock defense should be able to to hold their own against jacksonville state if they can't we got a problem and you know the offense has got to move the ball where you know kai's punting from you know, maybe the 40, the Gamecock 40, as opposed to the Gamecock 19, you know, going backwards constantly. Yeah, it, 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 right. I mean, these things, Perry Orth says it every Thursday. He'll be on tomorrow. I'm sure he'll say it again. Complimentary football, complimentary football, complimentary football. Well, that, while that's all true, it is true. That is, that's the truth about football. We know that. But if you can't play complimentary football, you, you whatever is up next, whether it's special teams or defense based on what just happened, has to – find a way, find a way to compliment the bad too, you know, like, yeah, you want good on good, but if you, if you can't move the ball, you at least have to be able to boom it out of there and flip the field. Like Phil, we talked about this last week. 
that's been one of the things that I think I've been most disappointed in with this team is when it's on their side of the field and they can't progress the football down the field or something ridiculous happens, they get backed up. The other team's getting it on the 50-yard line, the 45-yard line of either side. I mean, you have yet 15 yards to go, and then you're in scoring range already. Like, those are the things when you're not a good football team, you can't have that. Like, it that's how it goes from 7 to 7 to 21 to 7 real dang quick. Like, those mm-hmm. type of things. Like, so they, they, they have got to figure I, – I don't know – Matt Shane is very aggressive. I'm not. I'm not challenging him or questioning him. That's not what I'm doing. He he's not as aggressive as he once was when he first got here. He'd, he'd be <laughs> fourth and ten from his own three yard line. Ah, we'll get it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but he is aggressive, and 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 look that that's worked around here. It clinched the Clemson game last year. Um, but then also when you're struggling, in and if it doesn't work, and and you just not a very confident football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, like like they haven't been for a while, it buries you. So, you know, there's a lot that just needs to be probably considered moving forward because I do feel like – I, I know pe- people say I'm wrong. It's fine. This is a fragile football team. Like, one more – how about this? If they lose – and I don't think they're going to lose this weekend. But if they do lose one more game, maybe it's a Kentucky game. Um. What do you have then? You got a team that's not going bowling. I get it. Your rival walks in the following week, but a lot of the kids in that locker room, they didn't grow up in the rivalry like we all did. They see it as a rival. They don't see it as life or death. Yeah. You know, so it is a fragile team. When things go bad, they can go bad and they can get worse. And I think to carry on said it yesterday when he talked about, you know, talking to the team and finding some joy, there's a lot left to play for. And, you know, having someone from the state of South Carolina that's giving that, sending that message to the team and um, an upperclassman and an older guy, a guy that's been through the ringer. You know, I think that this is a circle the wagons type situation. I mean, it's an all or nothing situation. And for, for better or worse, the last two years, when Shane's back has been against the wall, he's found a way to rally this locker room and rally this team. And I think as a Gamecock fan, that's what you're, you're clinging to at this point. Cause even the fans are fragile too. It's not just the football team, JV. The fans are extremely fragile right now. And yeah. And, and, and to your point earlier, when you talk about the punts, I mean, I want to go back to that really quick, but and I know we've probably got to hit a break here in a second, but You're good. where would South Carolina have been last year? We talked about turnovers last week without the punting game that they had last year. And you have two of those things that aren't happening this year. And you have the toughest schedule in the country and you're staring at two and six, you know, those, those things, pile up and it's all complimentary but when you got a you know decently okay offense with a bad offensive line the poorest defense and bad special teams and you're not scoring special teams points like the Gamecocks did last year that's a lot of points off turnovers a lot of points off special teams a lot of everything that's out the window (laughs) and you got a bad offensive line yeah and you can make up for some of those offensive woes with a, a weaponized punter, right? I mean, just look yeah. at Iowa. I mean, Iowa wouldn't have the record they had if they didn't have the, probably the best punter in the nation, period, and solid stout defense. But um, you can cover up a lot with great special teams play. I mean, we've seen it over the past couple of years, and I think, I think part of what just hurts so bad is like 
some of the names, at least at the skill positions and special teams, are are the same. You know, well, I mean, I understand that on your coverage and return uh, units, you've got different guys playing, and you've had to take some guys that are still there out. You know, because you need them more on you know offense or defense, but. Uh, it's just entirely frustrating. Entirely frustrating. That's why they're two and six again, right. hoping to get that turned around. All right. Uh, when we get back, uh, we have agree or disagree. Matt, you have to fill in again this week because JC skips out on us uh, on Hump Day. You know? <laughs> we don't. We don't have JC anymore on Hump Day, so he he just he bails. But I get it. It's all good. Uh, we are built by the Barn Dominium Co., the Barndo Co., where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. A reminder, check out the holiday section of the Chief Sports app and just slide, swipe right. I know a lot of you probably know how to do that. Just swipe right. You'll see uh, you'll see a lot of the great gifts that our, our partners have this holiday season. You'll also see the party section in the Chief Sports app, and that is where you can purchase a ticket to the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party Friday night presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, November the 24th. That is Black Friday, right before Clemson and Carolina play. It is a 7 o'clock start time. Is there a start time for a party? It begins at 7 o'clock that night, uh, so you can purchase your tickets in the Chiefs Sports app. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Down here in the south. We don't always see eye to eye. Well, our taste in college. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so. Down here in the South. We don't always see eye to eye. Well, our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate. We can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. One door opens while another one closes. 
Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. Always remembering the legendary Bob Fulton around here, joined now in heaven by the great Tommy Moody, who passed just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it is November, November 1st, as a matter of fact, and it is beautifully chilly outside. I love this time of the year, football season, Carolina, four straight games, and it will be just gorgeous weather. I think the high Saturday in Columbia is only 70, not a drop of rain in the forecast either, so it's going to be spectacular all right uh, do y'all want to play some agree or disagree sure always ready okay schubert you're missing out if you're watching from home while you're you know eating a beef sandwich or whatever he calls them uh you uh you're missing out today all right mad dog we'll start with you spencer rattler uh, will by the way for those that don't know how they this game is played uh it is played uh, based on my rules and my rules only um, nobody else is allowed to interject any of their own rules. I make bold statements, and you either agree or disagree with them. It is not true or false. You're discounted and thrown out of the game if you try to answer true or false, yes or no, or anything other than agree or disagree. That's right. And all your you're, results are then filtered right back to the team. You yeah, forgot you're, that part. you're automatically DQ'd. Okay, Spencer Rattler will throw less than 30 times this weekend. Agree or disagree, Phil? Agree. You agree. Okay. That yeah. seems like a winning formula. Because I think we're going to win, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's part of the winning formula. Okay. Uh, on to the host of the late night 
Gamecock Show, Matt Anderson, Nick Harbour, will have 100 or more yards receiving this weekend. I disagree. Ooh, Matt has not learned the game. Matt is not a believer in Nick Harbour. <laughs> we will pass that along to Coach Loggins. Okay, that's that's not good for you. You are now bulletin board material. Hey, you know what, man? If if I agree with Phil on under thirty pass attempts, I got to disagree that he's going to get a hundred yards. I mean, unless he breaks off two forty yards and gets another couple passes, I don't see it happening. Not you're not counting the the three touchdowns he's going to catch from Lenora Sellers in the fourth quarter. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, hey. stay behind your skis here, Phil. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. I know I want to. I don't want to tip my hat. <laughs> don't, 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 don't be peeking in on the next on the question. All right, back to Mad Dog. Mad Dog, Mario Anderson. Mario Anderson will rush. I'm sorry. Super Mario will rush for yeah. 20 times or more in the ballgame. We'll, no. we'll rush 20 times or more in the ballgame. We'll rush 20 times or Agree. Oh, agree. Big believer in Super Mario. If not, he'll beat you up. So good thing there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to cross him. <laughs> All right. You agree with that. Okay. By the way, I uh, also will not ever give my input in either of these because <laughs> I get to ask questions. So I don't have to be wrong the following week. <laughs> All right, Matt. Lenora See, Sellers. Your record is this. <laughs> My my records my record is uh, in the uh, the Fab Five every week. Mike texted me the other day and said uh, it it might just be over now. Apparently, I'm just running away with this thing. Oh, it's not over. No, no, we're this this was a this was a tighten things up week. We'll we'll leave it was at it? that and then okay. feel it tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't even look at it. Okay, good. Then, yeah, that that means I didn't have a good week. I didn't no, have you don't, look. you don't want to look. I thought I thought that was interesting. They said that I was like I, I thought I took almost every underdog to cover, and I don't think any of them did. So, um, all right, Lenora Sellers, Matt Lenora Sellers won't play this week. Agree or disagree? Whew, I got to talk myself through this one a little bit. Um. All right, so he's played in one game. We got four games left, plus plus the bowl game, plus the bowl game. So last year they were allowed to play in the bowl game. So I will, I will disagree. Lenore's is going to play this week. Okay, all right, you're back. You're off the bulletin board. <laughs> I don't know. I might be on the bulletin board. Coaches might not want that out that he's playing this week. Hey, Kendall, we don't need anybody around here endorsing violence. Okay. <laughs> the get him Phil stuff. That's enough of you today. Put Kendall in timeout. No, I'm just kidding, Kendall. I'm just kidding. I deserve it. I've been mouthing off at these guys because they've been terrible. And maybe I had finally had a bad week. You know, it only, yes. took, it only took me until November. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, that's the motivation Kendall. we needed. <laughs> yeah. It's enough, Kendall. All right. Uh, and finally, Mad Dog, the defense will give up under 150 rushing yards this weekend to Jacksonville State, a team that averages 217 a game. 150? 150. They will give up under 
100 and they'll they'll allow under 150 rushing yards or less this weekend against the Gamecocks. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, it's that rich run offense. Uh, <laughs> I disagree. Mm, Clayton White's going to whip your rear end. That's it. Your bulletin board. It's over. Yeah, that's what they need. They need that motivation in that room. They yeah. Just... <laughs> okay. All right. Everybody, he is back on the bulletin board. So you you think it's substantially more than one fifty or under or or okay? No, All I right. think it's no, fair I enough. I think it'd be less than two hundred, but I think it'd be over one fifty. Fair enough. All right, uh, Matt. South Carolina will hold Jacksonville State under thirty five percent. On third downs, they convert 38.4% of their third downs. I disagree. The mobile quarterback's going to eke out some first downs. Um, I disagree there. I'm yeah. all over the bulletin board. Yeah, you, you're you uh, <laughs> you're not. Let's see here. No, Lenore Sellers, you're saying that he will play. You're, you're, it, it just no, I said, on- Lenore, I said Lenore won't play. Didn't I? I can't remember what I said. Oh no, you said no, no. I did. I said he he will play. You're right. You yeah, yeah. You play. disagreed. Yeah. So he. I mean, all, all my press credentials are gone now. Like I'm yeah, screwed. It's over. <laughs> yeah, we've got talk, no more friends. <laughs> I can talk to if you need me to talk to Fink. I can I can try to you know help you out here, but you know I wouldn't blame him if he didn't let you back in the door. And finally, bonus round. Uh, I don't know if anybody knew this or not. They are number one in the conference, Conference USA, in sacks. They've sacked the opposing quarterback 30 times this year. 30. South Carolina, this is for both of you as uh, we are at the end of the hour. South Carolina's Spencer Rattler will be sacked three times or more. Agree or disagree, Matt? We'll start with you. I got to agree. Yeah. got to agree here. Well, you know what? I can't blame you for going on that bulletin board. Bill, three times, three times or more. Rattler, yes. Disagree. Oh, Phil in to save the day. Dowell Loggins, all right. And that wraps up this week's version of Agree. <laughs> he does think Lenore Sellers will play. But he doesn't think the Gamecocks will hold the Gamecocks. This is Dabo Sweeney's dream game. We beat ourselves. We'll hold uh, Jacksonville State under 35% third downs. Phil thinks that uh, Rattler will throw under 30 times. That's always a good sign. Mario will run for – will carry the football 20 times or more. But he disagrees that the defense will keep them under 150 rushing yards. Phil thinks that Rattler will be on his feet more than his back. And Matt thinks that Rattler will be on his back more than his feet. I don't know what's going to happen. The game will win. I know that. That's right. Matt, can't thank you enough, my man. Sorry we uh, kept you all the way through lunchtime. The late night Gamecock show is coming up tomorrow night. Right? Yep. Tomorrow's Thursday? Yep. Yeah, okay. And Mad Dog will be producing that. You can watch it on the Chief Sports app. We, uh, we'll do this again next week. How about that? All right. See y'all later. Have a good one. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you, Eric. There you go. Thanks, Matt. Live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and always served by Dixie Vodka, ITG will be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. 
So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down to Ohio, down to Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist. With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. final hour, November the 1st, inside the Gamecocks, the show. That is the very talented Patrick Davis bringing this back. (laughs) (laughs) They're both going to kill us. (laughs) Uh, I texted Mark yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Was that when Patrick was on, PD? Yeah. Yeah, I texted Mark yesterday. I said, I I told everybody that... uh, I um 
my favorite song by PD was "Hold My Hand." <laughs> he just laughed. Like, uh, you know, you gotta get. Look, I gotta give PD some something. I gotta give him some type of tough time. Mm. He's such a great guy. God, he's, he's such a loyal. Friend. That was. I know I've told you this a few times. That was the best wedding ever. Oh, the weather, man. It was. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like this crisp 50s. It was on literally on top of a mountain. If you've never seen the Macklemore Club, if you Google it, uh, we just Karen and I went. There were no kids. We got there Friday morning, came back Sunday. Um, It was awesome. I mean, we went on this long hike. Like we were invited to the, you know, the Friday night party or whatever. Got to see so many awesome people. Um, I mean, it was so cool. I, mean, I can't even begin to explain. That was like the best weekend ever. It was Carolina's off weekend, so got to watch some football. Like sitting at the bar with, I was watching football with Ralph Region. I mean, come on, oh, God. you know, like it was. <laughs> That's so cool. not a recipe for a good weekend. I don't know what is. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. It was awesome. Hmm. Now, how do uh, they the, know each other? That's what I haven't put together. Yeah, um, through some uh, a bunch of stuff. You know, he he does so much, so many events and and charity things and and all kinds of stuff. You know, he you'd be shocked in the, the, at the uh, phone book of Patrick Davis. Oh, I'm you'd sure be shocked. Yeah. you'd be shocked. <laughs> like you'd be shocked. It's strange because you know we'll be sitting there talking and he'll be like, "Oh, hey, I got to run. So and so is calling me." I'm now, yeah, you know. I'm sorry. Did you, did you say okay. Kenny Chesney was calling you? Okay. <laughs> oh, I guess. All right. I guess I'll let you go then. I'll holler at okay. you later. <laughs> you know, that's right. okay. Big time. Let's go. No. <laughs> sorry. I, mean, I thought my I thought my phone Rolodex was good. It, nah. <laughs> Ain't nothing like that. All right. Uh, tonight at uh, 8.03, it, this could be it. This, I'm. Phil, I, I have to say I'm a little surprised that the Rangers are off to a three to one lead in this series. Um and it still could go seven. But I mean the thing was over in the third inning last night. I mean, the Diamondbacks threw six runs on the board in the eighth and the ninth. Christian Walker's got it going. And you know, he had three hits last night. Um I think and he one of those three was a double. They're gonna really need him tonight. If they uh, would like to to hang around, the Rangers are trying to clinch it. They win tonight. They win the World Series. The Texas Rangers could win the World Series. That I think that's great for baseball um, because I love seeing. Uh, I, I love the Braves to win it every year, but they're not going to. I think it's great for baseball to see so many different teams. This will be the ninth different organization in ten years to win the World Series. So I, I this this could be really phenomenal if if the Diamondbacks can figure out a way to come back, um, they would have a chance to to win their second World Series. Of course, they did it back in two thousand and one. But this this could be it tonight. Tonight, is there any other sport that has that? Like, and this would be their first parody. Like you know. Uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting though. It's like it's like you don't have the. You don't have the costliest rosters in there this year. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. um 
Or I guess hockey's kind of the same way. I don't think you, you get very many repeat Stanley Cup winners other than, you know, maybe a couple of like a couple of back to backs, but then it doesn't like rotate through the same teams every year, at yeah. least in my opinion, and and you know, just kind of thinking back might be a recency bias there on my end. Yeah. Yeah. I and I um no, it uh, it you're right. Baseball and, and hockey are similar in the in that in that stance yeah it just changes a lot quicker it just changes yeah. a lot quicker mm-hmm. um, so i'm excited for this you know i think that the rangers probably are going to win the world series now uh you think about all the history and the the fact that they've never won one um you know i, I mean with with nolan ryan i mean you know for for goodness sakes i mean you know all these guys they've had a lot of great players over the years uh the rangers have also uh, drafted Two, you know, elite Charleston natives and Drew Meyer and Justin Smoke, uh, two two of my gr- dear friends. Love those guys to death. They're wonderful people. Um, they both have played in the big leagues with the Texas Rangers. Uh, you know, there's a piece of them that would be pretty excited to see this thing happen. You know, I've been told by numerous people over the years that it's a wonderful organization to be a part of, uh, and um, so it would be really, really neat if if Texas can get it done tonight. That's that's who I'll be pulling for, and if they if they do win, then it'll put a lid on the this year's uh, version of Major League Baseball. Uh, if if they don't, if they don't win tonight, um, then we might get one more crack at seeing uh, Jordan Montgomery. Of course, we might get a crack at seeing him tonight as well if they are winning. To be honest with you, he's not the starter. Nathan Nivaldi is. But would they use him? I'd be curious to see if they use Montgomery if they're up and needing to kind of shut things down to clinch it or not. Would they hold him and, and throw him on Friday night in his second start? We'll see. But uh, you could get another Jordan Montgomery, um, Christian Walker battle later on later on tonight. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. It is really neat. And again, yeah. if you didn't check out Coach Tanner's Twitter page yesterday, go look at it. Uh, he's got the photo of the billboard in both Texas and in Arizona saying congratulations from Gamecock Baseball to both of these players, Christian and, and Jordan. That's, that's really neat. Um, hope in the chat box. I'd love to see a team win it all that's never done it before. Yep, it's always great to see that. It really is. You know, the the emotion, that the, the, the appreciation from the organization. It's not just, you know, like we did it again. It, I agree with you. I think that's really, really neat to see. Gamecock Pilot asks us, uh, we've been on a good streak of selling out games. Yeah, every game this year. Do you guys think this one will sell out? I don't. Uh, they, no. you know, they might end up announcing it as a sellout if they end up. I know you know, they could give away a bunch of tickets to the you know teachers and the military and things like that. That, of course, would make it a sellout. I don't, though. I think that um, I think two and six has kind of put the put the lid on that. But you win the next two, the last two will sell out. There's no question about that. Uh, Bobby yeah. said Charleston Riverdog. Josh Hamilton was also a Ranger. You are absolutely correct. Josh and Smokey played together. The Rangers payroll is eighth, $350 million. Uh, That's because they added Corey Seager. Uh, Bill said that. You're right about that, Bill. Um, but it's not first. And uh, the Diamondbacks are – they're down there, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah we, can, we can find it here. Yeah, I've got it. I was looking at it the other day. Here it is. The Rangers are – well, this has got them now at fourth. 
2020. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're fourth now at 251 yeah, million. Mhm. The Diamondbacks are 21st. Yep, 21. What? Yeah. You know, we're not going to spend all day talking about Major League Baseball here, but my god, you know, o- Oakland, if you're in that organization right now, you want every ounce of you to get out. They they yeah. they don't they don't pay anybody. So whenever you hit it, you are uh they're either going to trade you or you know, they're going to like they're going to run you out of options basically. And nobody knows what their future is. Are they going to be I'm assuming they're going to end up being in Vegas. <laughs> but I mean, the whole thing's a debacle. I mean, it's just a it's just a debacle. I I cannot believe what they have allowed to happen out there to happen. The city doesn't work with them. You know, I I know you don't want to build ballparks on the backs of taxpayers and things like that, but it's like the city doesn't even want them there. I mean, it's really bizarre. The whole thing's just really bizarre. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, and I don't know who's the current owner. I don't even know. Yeah, They're I don't either. Get rid of them too. The whole thing's a d- disaster. As Saunders said, that new stadium construction is already a disaster too. Yeah, exactly. Quantrell, uh, they're trying to, uh, they're trying to get to Vegas if they can. But like, so here's the here's the thing though. Like Vegas wants to add a, they they want to maybe be able to add a franchise, like not just bring one over. Like Major League Baseball is going to expand. So where are they going? You know, are they going to expand? I think the best options are Vegas and Nashville, personally. I think those are the best options for, for, for expansion. I know there's some other things being thrown around. I know people say Charlotte. You, mm. You're not – Charlotte ain't happening. No. Um, that's not going to happen. It's perfect for AAA. It probably would be able to sustain a, a small – if you've noticed, Major League Baseball stadiums are getting smaller, like a lot smaller. Um so, you know, maybe yeah, they're they getting back more like Wrigley size than, you know, like that old school yeah. size as opposed to these giant, you know, places. Yeah. But look yeah. what they're going to do in Tampa. They're building mm-hmm. like a 30,000 seat arena down there. 30,000 seats. Which, hey, I, I mean, mean, when you think about it, sometimes that's the right move. Like, you know, I, I think the university needs to partner with somebody to do the same thing for the CLA. You know, yeah. so you need a smaller, more well thought out arena for basketball, yeah. period. You, you a lot of the TV is TV has changed all of this um, for every sport. There's some that will always be able to sustain it. There's some that just can flat out sustain it. And then, you know, those the others can't. It, the, the ones that can sustain it are the ones who are literally winning every game every year in every sport. <laughs> College football, um, you'll probably always sell tickets in Lambo, like because of how they do it. You know, like Lambo, when you buy tickets to the Packers, you have an interest in the ownership of the team. Now, that doesn't mean that you could just walk into the owner's office and say, I'll be, you better trade him. You better trade him because I sit row 35, section 13, (laughs) 27 through 34. We've been there for years and I'm tired of it. Trade him. No, that doesn't work like that. But yeah, like a, a big Packer fan friend, you know, that's, you know, got ownership of the team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, but Packers, three, two cents in up there. Right. And, <laughs> and, and they have a list of like 30,000 people that want Green Bay Packers tickets, season yeah. tickets. They can't, I don't know if it's that long, but it's like it's thousands, like 10,000 or something crazy. So like, they're always going to be fine, but like everybody else, it's too easy to not go when you, when it's not fun. And when it's not fun is when you're not winning. Um, 
not everybody is as dumb as me and the people in my family who, you know, rain, shine, snow, wind, fire, whatever it is. We're all going to be in Williams Bryce Stadium. 0-11, guess what? We were there. 11-2, we were there. You know, you're always going to be there. So, uh, you know, the, the like, Tampa, thir- like, you think about this for a second. If you go to Founders Park, that's that's 8,200 people when it's sold out. So you take four of those and just picture four of those. That's really not that much. And then shave a couple thousand off of that. And that's what you would have for a major league baseball stadium in Tampa. All those people down there, they're going to build it for 30,000 people. It's crazy because they can't get anybody to go to the games. And even yeah. when they're good, even when they're good, they don't go. To the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's a, that's an overperforming team here in the most in the most recent history. So it's like you just I don't know. It's I, I think that's more indicative of a systemic baseball problem, though, JB, than it is you know the city. Like it, it just I, I still think baseball, even for all its efforts in trying to reconnect with everybody, is still having a hard time doing that. Well, I don't. Yeah, in certain markets. So, like, yeah. look, yeah, look yeah. you know, I mean, like, if they just were absolutely, if they sucked, if they were awful, something to be said. But they're good. Like, name another good team in Major League Baseball who doesn't get any fans when they're really good. Even Oakland shows up when they're good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they will come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, mm-hmm. Oakland has good fans. They just don't have good ownership. Um, I think was it Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh they struck, yeah, great fans. I don't know, but I know you just see you see these, and it's usually baseball stadiums, right? But uh, part of that's also the time they play. You know, because it's tough to get people out on a you know in the middle of a day on a weekday, so yeah. just period. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. you're always going to when it's not easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, that's why they moved to Atlanta. They moved mm-hmm. it to the Battery. I mean, it's it's. You know, you you take advantage of all the people that are already there. It's believe it or not easier to get in and out of there. It's a safe area. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of advantages to that. They're trying to do something similar in Tampa, I guess, too. But like, I mean, I've seen some of these other ballparks. Like we were in St. Louis a few years ago. Now they get a ton of fans, but like, have you ever seen St. Louis's stadium? Have you ever seen Bush Stadium? No, no, it's never in person. It's no. Right downtown St. Louis, in a really not good spot. Just not good part. I mean, it's it, it on game day. I can only imagine the traffic trying to get in and out. Now they got a lot of mass transportation, as everybody does, in New York, whatever. But um, but like if you're like, well, let's take the kids tonight and go to the game. It's going to be a train wreck to get in. If you park your car somewhere, you're really praying it's there when you get back. Like it's it's sad that yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like the Georgia Dome used to be. That was not necessarily in the best part of town when they they, they popped yeah. it up. There. That's where the Brave Stadium used to be. Like I remember parking there one time, first time I ever went. I was mm. like, uh, yeah. I mean, this yeah. dude literally who was taking the money, pulling into the lot. I pulled in, and he was like, "It's a, it's a twenty. I said, "Do you not know how much the sign over there says fifteen? Yeah, it's 15. I'm like, I don't think this guy's really the money taker. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Why do I have a feeling somebody else is going to ask me for $15? Hey, do, you a, <laughs> do you have a boss? Yeah. No. Yeah. Of course you don't. Yeah, naturally. 
Uh, it is 120. Uh, John said, I really wish South Carolina had a basketball arena that had more of a college feel and held about twelve to 14,000. We'll talk about that, John. You might be on to something, believe it or not. The Nanners chat box, chat box is available. Fill her up, and uh, we'll answer as many questions as we can. Gamecock traditions will keep you warm this Saturday in Williams Bryce Stadium. If you're bringing the kids to their first game ever like I am, might want to drop in and get some warm, long sleeve clothing. It will be chilly. That remember, it's a new kick now. The sun hasn't come around yet. I think the low is going to be like 39, 40, the high 70. So it's going to be a little chilly early on that afternoon. You get a little breeze. You know, it can be inside of Williams Bryce Stadium. Gamecock traditions will, will keep you nice and snuggled up, though. Make sure you head to the website, they'll ship it to your home or stop in in West Columbia at Gamecock Traditions. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks. The show from the Sinorama Studios will be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Sinorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Sinorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Sinorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Sinorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
Dude, I just saw. Do you follow Shooter McGavin on Twitter? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So he he's the funniest Twitter follow out there. All right. One shot to land on the green. You get one shot at TPC Sawgrass hole 17. Okay. One shot to land it on the green. If you land it on the green, you just have to land it on the green now. Can't be on the fringe. Certainly can't be in the water. Doesn't have to be in the hole. Just has to land on the green. You get $1 million. If you miss it, you get one year in prison. Wow. <laughs> Would you take that? Hell no. <laughs> no. Well, you should see me with a driver in my hand. It's uh, not a pretty sight, man. It's not a pretty sight. Dude. Not that anything is... that I can count on, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I I get a hold of one, but not consistently, and uh, not enough to where I'd I'd put up a year of freedom on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, come on, you've been you you've hit enough balls, you can feel confident enough. Come on, Gamecock Pilot asks which color tees. I don't know. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that – I don't know that that matters, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> is, there a, is there a larger sum of money that would convince you to try it? What if it was like $10 million? Uh, You know, I mean – $10 million, man. You can change your whole – everything. It's, I mean, you're going to get, you know, three squares and a warm bed. Uh, you might, doesn't sound like to no kids. You might get ice picked here. <laughs> too, though. This doesn't sound like a bad idea now. No. <laughs> Where's Craig? We hadn't seen Craig today. Craig, where you at, man? Would you take the deal or not? Yeah. What about our girlfriend that's in here? Uh, yeah. Wonder if Meredith would. She'd probably smoke it. Meredith Meredith would take that deal. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause she's not gonna miss. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Um just a little bit ago in the uh chat box, uh John said, I really wish Carolina had a basketball arena that had more of a college feel and held about twelve to fourteen thousand twelve to fourteen thousand people. All right, let me tell you what I know about that. Um, they've had discussions of building a new basketball arena. Now, I can't say whether they will or won't. They will not tear down Colonial Life Arena. It is way too valuable to the city of Columbia. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's an incredibly valuable arena. I know this. Uh, right now, Gamecock basketball practices in what used to be Frank McGuire Arena, the Carolina Coliseum, of course. Uh, where I had all my classes underneath there. Um, they are planning to build a brand new basketball practice facility. Um, I have been told where that it, the plans for that are. Don't really want to share that information just yet. Um, with that, you know, there are no plans, at least that I'm aware of, that are serious to build a new gym. But I know that they've had the discussion. I know they've had the discussions. 
So, and I agree with you. I always personally thought, this is just me being me, I always personally thought they should have found a way to renovate the Carolina Coliseum because there is not, like, in college, if you don't have a history of winning, what history do you have? And how do you hold on to that? And the only history of winning that they did have uh, outside of the 2017 Final Four, of course, was what Frank McGuire did and then what Eddie did in the mid-90s. That's it. That's it. I mean, they outside of that, they they, they weren't good. Yeah. Um, and so I always thought that they should have found a way to sustain that and renovate Frank McGuire Arena and keep it right there in downtown Columbia. I mean, not that not that colonial life was far away. It's across the street, but I mean, the Frank McGuire was so unique, so unique. And I, I talked to Eric Nichols about this one time. I was like, why would y'all not just renovate that? Oh, there were so, you know, all these issues and I get it. I got it. I understand that they wanted to, you know, if you remember when colonial life arena was built, it was coming off of those mid nineties runs. Uh, of course it fell apart after that, too, but that's when they basically decided to build that whole facility opened, I think, in 2001. Uh, so there was a lot of, you know, they, they needed a bigger place in Columbia, not just for basketball, right, Phil? They needed something to bring in all the concerts and the rodeos and the monster trucks and the Disney on Ices and, the, and they sell it out. How, how many times a year for all these crazy events? That place is a money maker. Yeah, it's a great concert venue. I mean, I've, I've been to a, a few shows there. But. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's great. It's a great venue. It's a great venue. But you know, from the, I get where fans come from when they say, you know, it would be neat to have a little bit of a small arena. It's so world out weird out. The world's changed. I mean, there, it, it was not a long time ago when everything was. How big can we make it? How big? Bigger, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Fry Field. Remember when they wanted to? They wanted to enclose everything at Williams Price and put a hundred thousand people in there. Um, that you know, Colonial Life Arena. How big can we make it? You know, we're gonna fit all these people in here. And now everybody's like, you know, let's make it smaller. Uh, <laughs> Williams Price Stadium. You get people that complain about the fact that um, you know it's gonna get smaller when they start doing all these renovations again but then they get upset when it's not sold out well (laughs) so i mean you know which way are we going here so look i know they've had those discussions as far as basketball goes i don't know if they'll get there um i'm sure at some point in time they'll you know everybody has a new arena at some point in time i don't know if that's anything that's on the uh, that's crept back into the conversation with uh, what is coming? The major, 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 major renovations uh, in, in South Carolina. But I know that's something they've talked about. I do know a new practice facility specific to men's and women's basketball is coming. I know that. And, when is uh, all that? I mean, I know a lot of that's being kept under wraps, but when? I wonder when we can expect to see some like actual progress being made. Yeah, yeah, that's a you good know? question. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that answer, uh, but I do know that, um, 
I do know that there has been progress made. Okay, so you're dealing with a few things right here. You're you're dealing, and I I know the easy thing to do is is you know get on the internet and blame Coach Tanner for everything. <laughs> this is not his. This is guys, stop. You know, and if if that's if you know somebody that's doing that, it's probably some college kid who doesn't know how the world works outside of Dad's credit card. Stop. They 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 are doing everything they can do there there's a state legislature involved okay you have city politics involved okay you have major major money and major major investors involved you've got a lot of you can't just, oh hey hey well they talked about it on the internet so we got to go out there they, they just need to start building just start building no like there are things that have to be done set in stone ink dried up typed up, gone through every attorney out there, it's done to make sure that in the long run that everybody is going to survive this thing based on how the money is going to work. Um, you know, if, if somebody else has $4 billion just lying around in a bank account and you want to just rush it through and have at it, call Coach Tanner and see what you can get done. But um, that's not how it works. You know, you've got tax codes that have changed, Phil. I mean, yeah. you've got a lot of stuff that has changed since these conversations first started. So, like, they, they're they good. It's going to happen. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Everybody's told you it's coming. I'm telling myself this. It's coming. It's but, coming. like, <laughs> there's no sense in being in a rush. Like, your lives are fine right now with without all these without all this stuff. It's okay. Like, it's not like this is going to – all of a sudden, this is going to happen, and oh well, shoot! They're going to get six transfers in football now because they've got a golf course over here on the river. No, it's not, it's not the way it's going to work. I mean, all this stuff is coming. I'll bet you the university probably didn't even really want to have to talk about it, uh, but unfortunately, there's too many leaks out there, and you know things got into the public, and so they had to say something, and they also had a a duty to publicly say something because they were doing something that required that via state law. Yeah, that's, so they had that's to inform the, the public. Things. Yeah, you couldn't hide this for, I mean, you could hide it for as long as you could hide it. But then yeah. there's a point in this process that has to be public. Uh, and, I, I'm, you know, and I feel like the university was successful in, you know, not not crossing that threshold, uh, you know, until they absolutely had to. You know, no, there were little leaky things and, you know, whisper the whispers that, you know, come out. But, you know, nothing concrete was put in motion or, or said, let's say by, you know, coach Tanner or anybody else at the university until they basically had to, until yeah. until all the, the, you know, the stuff had to go through the legislature and city and, and all of that. And, you know, now you're kind of part of this, I guess, is at the whim of politicians, you know, which is inevitable for a project of this size and scale uh, and the type of land and resources you're trying to use. So, you know, I'm sure trying to figure out whose backs are getting scratched and <laughs> yeah. whose friends are getting bids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then things I mean, will get moving. <laughs> yep, <laughs> That's just yep, the way it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. And they will. There's no doubt. I mean, things are going to get done. And, and you know, they're not trying to do a bunch of like, you know, they're, they're, this is not a good old boy system in play here. Um, that's not what's going on, you know, or anything like that. So. Uh, Craig said, I wish they'd play a few games a year at, at, at Frank McGuire Arena. 
You know, Craig, it's funny. While we're on this topic, you know, I've mentioned all these things. I've talked to Coach Lake about some of this and Coach Tanner, um, Eric in the past, you know, just, you know, sometimes just in passing, just saying things like, hey, you know, has anybody – they're always looking for ways to improve. They're they're always doing that. They're always exploring ideas. I've mentioned that. I think they should – there should be a – I mean, they've redone the arena to where, like, some of the stands, you know, they've – you can't just go in there and just move them around anymore. Um, but I do, I, I agree with you. I think that they should do a throwback weekend every single year in Frank McGuire arena. I've brought this up. Uh, the gentleman who told me just flat out, no, when I said it is no longer employed at South Carolina. So maybe he didn't think about it, but there are other guys who, who probably would, would, would entertain this and how could you get it done? And financially, would it make any sense? I mean, you don't want to do it. If you're going to lose money, the women's basketball team already loses enough money every year. But, like, how could you do it where you could have one of them play on Saturday and one of them play on Sunday? You know, maybe the maybe the, 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 the ladies play first on Saturday and the men play on Sunday or vice versa. Um, or maybe you do it same day. One of them plays at noon and one of them plays at 7 o'clock that night. Yeah, and make it a big doubleheader. That would yeah. be fun. Yeah, it would. That, that, you, you, know? you don't have to worry about booking a hotel room if you wanted to come in and enjoy that. You just get to, you know, bring the yep. family down for the day and and hang out. Yeah, exactly. And if you've bought, you know, a, a you know a ticket for both, you don't have to leave. You know, whatever it is, I agree with you. I think that would be unique to South Carolina. Um, I'll tell you something else. I've I've mentioned uh, mentioned to them before that um, it, as it pertains to football. Um, you know, you just think of neat little ideas. The Gamecock walk. Think about this for a second. When you're coming across the street from the facility, from from the uh, you know Spurrier facility, and you're walking through the Gamecock Park and all that stuff, and you get to Bluff Road, you know they have to go out and stop traffic for the team to make it across the street to to Williams Bryce Stadium, right? Why not build railroad arms there? like a railroad crossing, and paint the street, garnet. You know, so when the team's coming, the railroad arms come down on both sides of the street to stop the traffic, and the team can walk through that. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's already, the train theme is there. That's never going away. That's what this was built off of at Carolina. Right. And I've said that before. I'm like, I think that you should have the railroad arms, you know, with the big lights that flash, you know, garnet, black, and white. And those things come down, and you know that the team's crossing when that comes down. You could probably utilize it during the week when they're practicing and having to go through the facility as well. You drop those arms, it stops traffic, and the golf carts and stuff can get across the street. I've mentioned to them before that I think that right over there in the front of Gamecock Park, at where the players walk through, there needs to be something that's built strictly for alumni, for, for football, uh, to where maybe the last thing that the team sees as they're crossing the street are the former players who can just show up and they can all hang out there and, and uh, you know, have like almost like a, like a, almost like a house with a, with a white picket fence and a yard. They're all standing out there leaning over the fence. There's Connor Shaw and <laughs> Steve Tannehill and, you know, whoever else you could come up with that are slapping the hands of the players that have replaced them over the years. Um, you know, little things like that that make the experience so unique that um, that South Carolina just doesn't have, and a lot of teams don't have. But you know, if you're a fan like that and you have these ideas, I would encourage you to reach out to the university 
you know, and, and allow them to explore it. From a financial standpoint, they might have somebody who's looking to spend some money but wants it to be something that's, you, you know, they don't want to just dump money into the stadium. They want their name to be on something different. You know, maybe this is that different idea they can bring to them, whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of these conversations that have been had and they're always being had. They're just behind closed doors, and, and we're not behind all those doors. So we don't get to hear all that. No. Um, yeah, exactly. Game Like their own Heisman house. Exactly. Exactly. You know, like the, you know, whoever, I don't know, call whatever you want. You know, the whoever puts their name on it, the, you know, they come up with some donor. The, the Joe Rice Gamecock <laughs> Alumni Building. It's the, the last thing. It's right there, you know, right next to Bluff Road. You walk across the street. They got a front yard and a white picket fence, and you can walk back inside and watch football and have your drinks and do whatever. I think that'd be neat. Um, Craig said, "Lady basketball loses money." Yeah, they they do. They lose. They lose yeah, money. Craig, that's as fun. weird as that sounds, but I'm that's sure you fun. could put two and two together if you applied your brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to figure out how that's the reason. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they they do, they do. Uh, but they they all do. I mean, it, you'd think with all those people that go in the gym that they wouldn't, but they do. So, no, yeah, it's not designed to be a revenue sport, though. That's the thing. No, you know, yeah, you you don't when you're when you're mapping these things out, you're like, oh, yeah, women's basketball. We're going to make a killing on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's all about TV money and and things of that nature these days. It's it's not necessarily about ticket sales. No, it's not. (laughs) All right, Phil, let's uh, hit our final break of the afternoon before we go with the world series playing tonight i want to remind you about our friend uh mike campbell speaking of baseball former all-american at south carolina soups swing shop you can find it in the chief sports app if you know somebody that wants to get virtual lessons just like meredith does with golf and baseball he's your guy man i'm telling you 30 and 40 dollar virtual lessons is nothing that's nothing to improve your game you will everybody does He's got an outstanding business that's being run right now, Soup's Swing Shop. We are always proud to partner with our Gamecocks who are out there doing well in the world, and uh, Mike Campbell is certainly one of them. Make sure you find him. You can find him all over social media. Just type in Soup's Swing Shop, but uh, also just pull up the Chief Sports app, and you'll see him right there in our partner section as well. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotri, Conventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. 
electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Final segment here on this November the 1st. Phil, finally, we have gotten to the greatest time of the year. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is brought to you by our friends at Dixie Vodka. I had a couple of those last night, trick-or-treating, in case anybody wanted to hear that or know that. That's my favorite part of trick-or-treating. Because we've got one of those neighborhoods too that everybody will do it. You know, yeah, you get drinking in the streets. I'm I'm a big fan of drinking in the streets. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Greenville puts on a few drinking in the streets events every year. I'm I'm at every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Greenville's number one street drinker. I mean, listen. I mean, there's it's it's people like me that have kept all these wonderful upstate traditions alive. <laughs> We've seen them come and go. <laughs> uh, tonight, uh, maybe you'll be drinking uh, for this game, Kent State and Akron. Ooh. I would probably have to drink to watch that game. You're right, though. <laughs> both teams on television tonight. I'm sorry. Both games on television tonight are from Ohio, um, but they are not good games. Ball State is at Bowling Green at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. And Kent State is at Akron. The good news in the Kent State-Akron game, somebody will get their first win of the year in the MAC. 
I'm pretty sure I'll just be watching the World Series. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably probably have two TVs on the World Series. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the Thursday night college football schedule though ramps up a little bit. We've been, you know, it's been a little light the last couple of it years. Been. It's been almost disappointing. Yeah, I agree. I wish they would do a little bit more with that, but they are tomorrow night. Fox Sports One has TCU at Texas Tech at seven o'clock, and Wake is at Duke at seven thirty on ESPN. Duke is again the Riley Leonard situation. They're twelve and a half point favorites. They should be fine to win the game, but they surely don't look like what they did when he was healthy, and uh, that's really unfortunate because I've enjoyed watching them play. And yeah. maybe he'll be a little bit healthier tomorrow. It is just awful. Like it, it, that situation with him not being a hundred percent has just tanked any hopes of having a, an awesome season. Like they really would have, you know, made some real waves. I think if he'd have stayed healthy, even even Notre Dame lost, notwithstanding. Um, yeah, they they definitely could have fought their way into it. And what a year to do it too, because it was just basically just FSU and everybody else now, and yeah. well, in Virginia Tech. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how long that lasts. Um, yeah, they, it, you know, I was, yeah. Yeah. Well, Virginia Tech is, I, I thought they were dead in the water, but, you know, it's, with with what Frank Beamer did with them, it's hard to believe they haven't at least been respectable, but they just haven't. Yeah, no, uh-uh. I mean, ever since well, I thought Fuente was a terrible hire, uh, and then I and and then I lost interest, so I don't even know who is the coach. <laughs> Brent Pry. Brent Pry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. yeah, Brent Pry. Yeah, um, I still don't think they're going to make very much of it. No, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're, yeah, it's. I don't we'll even see. know what that, that league is. at the beginning of the year, that league seemed a lot better than it's been. It it's not it's it's just still really not a good league. It's I heard some really I, I can't remember where it was. It meant uh it's somebody's thoughts on the ACC after getting rid of conference or you know, getting rid of divisions. Uh you know, they just basically turned the whole thing into the coastal. Yeah, which kind of makes sense because it's it's like you know there is no clear winner except for one. There's like one clear team, right? And then everybody else is just you know stumbling into each other, and and somebody is going to end up having to play Florida State at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Florida State is the one team that should be able to coast into the college football playoff. You would think. Yeah, they've got the clearest path for sure. Easiest, yeah. There's no doubt. Uh, Jay Diz said here, Don has been the highest paid coach at SC for a couple of years. Shane makes more now. I love Don, but when women's basketball is making more than your football coach and men's basketball, are you a real school? That's not true. Uh, Don has not been the highest paid coach at South Carolina for a couple of years. Uh, she does make $2.7 million now. Um, but, um, uh, gosh, Frank Martin – was making more than that every year. Will Muschamp was making more than that every year. Shane Beamer was making more than that in his initial uh, deal. And, of course, now Shane was making 2.75. Uh, 
Um, so that that's that's actually not true. Uh, she has not ever been the highest paid coach at South Carolina. Um, the college football playoff rankings again. I'm sure you have caught those. If you caught the beginning of our show, we talked about them uh, quite a bit. But Ohio State is in at one, Georgia at two, Michigan at three, and Florida State uh, checks in at four, followed by Washington right there at number five. So whoever loses, the Huskies are looking to quickly pounce into that top four. Oregon is standing next to them at six. Uh, Texas at seven, Bama at eight, Oklahoma at nine, and the Ole Miss Rebels in there at uh, number 10. I, I mentioned earlier, Phil, to you that that it was the biggest surprise to me that uh, Ole Miss being in the top 10, they've got an opportunity to continue to move up. Um, LSU is an interesting case at 14. We did not talk about them earlier. Mm-hmm. They're six and two on the season. They've got Bama on Saturday night. All right, at at number eight, LSU lost to Ole Miss, but mm-hmm. Ole Miss, of course, still has to take a trip to Alabama. Right? LSU after Alabama has Florida, Georgia State, and Texas A and M all at home. If there if there is a two loss team that will have a crack at this thing, it is LSU. But they have to win at Alabama on Saturday night. Yeah, you can't slip up. Yeah, no, uh-uh. can't slip up because they lost to Florida State and they lost to Ole Miss, and it seems so far fetched right now. But if you get through all that and you finish the year at ten and two and you beat Georgia in the in the SEC championship game, you'll be in the thick of it. You'll be in the thick of it uh, because the dogs have every chance to move back to number one at some point in time because, as you said earlier, what's left? Missouri, Ole Miss, and then they're on the road at Tennessee and on the road at Georgia Tech. They really need Georgia Tech to keep winning. They need Georgia Tech to keep winning. Georgia Tech's Tech's the only unranked team they have on their schedule left. Right, right. I mean, and, you know, big surprise there. I don't think they'll need it. I mean, because obviously I don't think they're going to lose to Georgia Tech. Because uh, I don't think they'll be sleepwalking through that game, even though I know, you know, it's it's a rivalry, but it's in, but when they go in expecting to win. Right. Yeah, but I don't know. I think they're, the committee told Georgia to prove it. Uh, they rewarded Ohio State for their schedule being – Tougher up front than Michigan's, <laughs> and yep. and as sad as it is to say, like I'm kind of pulling for Ohio State at this point. Like I never really do. I always usually pull for Michigan when it comes to that game, but just to avoid any controversy about this whole you know sign stealing fiasco. Like I I would just rather Michigan not be a part of the discussion at the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. especially if there's, uh, you know, if, if everything's on the table for them to take it away, just yeah. like, let's just, somebody put that to bed. Do you somebody, think they'll do that, man? I don't think. No, I, th- I think it'd be one of those, like, and like I said, when it first broke, it was like, this is going to be like the longest, most protracted investigation in the history of NCAA investigations. That's going to go well beyond the, this year. And, 
And then next thing you know, like two years from now, oh yeah, that net champ doesn't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then, but I don't think they'll, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't see them doing anything immediately. Uh, a, just because I don't think they can, you know, I, I don't feel like they are strong enough as an organization to, to bring the hammer down on them, you know, mid season like this. And yeah. as deliberative and, and, <laughs> and powerful as the maize and blue is, I just don't see it. Yeah. I don't think one of those things that doesn't matter is retroactively take your championship away. It was like, well, yeah, I, 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 they're not. They're not going to. I mean, this this guy will get hammered. Yeah, but they're not doing anything about. Not doing. They're not. There's no way that they will punish them from postseason or anything like that. It won't happen. No, no, no. It won't happen. You can argue whether you agree. Not with that that's cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but not that school. <laughs> yeah, not that. No, no. The NCAA is. You know, they cannot go after their biggest, most influential members right now in, in this time and point in history, because it, you know, the last thing they need are these schools waking up and realizing that, Hey, we can do this better and run a more efficient and more logical situation yeah. than the current NCAA. So they're not going to, you know, they're not going to start making enemies when they need to hold on to all their friends. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Bill, we are all but out of time here, my man. What no, candy did you know. eat the most of last night, by the way, just out of curiosity? Uh, what did I I ended up, uh, I had a hundred grand. I found one of those. I was like, oh, I'm going to eat that. I yeah. did too. So, yeah. Definitely a good one. Yeah. Uh, had a few Kit Kats. Okay. And uh, yeah, and uh, a couple of packs of Skittles. That's what oh. I, I went easy. I, I went out and Skittles. you know, yeah. I went, oh yeah, I like fruity candies. I like fruity candies. We <laughs> stopped over at my neighbor's on the way home last night, and he he gave me a handful of like the tiny little Butterfingers. I pretty sure I ate all. Literally, I wasn't kidding. Did part of uh, what we gave away was. Uh, I always get the Butterfinger, Baby Ruth, and there's something else in that pack, but because I love Baby Ruth, so man, I love Butterfinger too, for that matter. I I like Butterfingers too. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm telling you. The Zagnut man is the same thing as the Butterfinger on the inside, but it's got the toasty coconut on the outside. <laughs> for our for us, uh, not non-chocolate people, but eh, you know. Give or, give or take chocolate, of which I know you're not one. <laughs> I love chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mike Morgan, Perry Orth, join us tomorrow. Thanks to Matt and Chris for joining us today and all of you. Inside the Gamecocks of the show on the Chief Sports app, built by the Barndo Co. and from the Sinorama Studios. See you tomorrow at 11.